0: What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is episode 471 for your March 26th, 2023. I'm your host, J.D. from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Sunday evenings, wherever you may be. Man, we got a lot to get into tonight. I'm not even going to waste any of your time. Quickly, you guys know the deal. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206, that's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. You guys know the links are down in the description below. So go check that out and follow me on socials, which is going to be a big, big, big deal this week, man. Very important, because it's WrestleMania week, and we have a lot going on. And I'll be posting this on on social media, but this is the schedule coming up, guys. If you guys uh, are going to want to be in the know on what we're doing for... WrestleMania week. Monday Night Raw on Monday. That's tomorrow. And then we got Tuesday. We're going live on kick for the first time. Resident Evil 4 live stream. We'll be playing that, and it's going to be awesome. Can't wait to uh, dive into that. It is my favorite Resident Evil 4. My favorite Resident Evil game is Resident Evil 4. So the remake just came out. I'll be playing that on Tuesday. Wednesday, AEW Dynamite with Jesse. Thursday will be OTS. Uh, That's a typo there. It says 472. It should be 471. Uh, But I will be live with uh, Off The Script on Thursday. Friday, SmackDown Post. That is the go-home show for WrestleMania Night 1. And the debut of My Mother's Basement. And then Saturday, we're doing the Stand and Deliver Watch Along. So that'll be on YouTube as well. Saturday afternoon, if you guys want to watch NXT TakeOver or... or, Well, not really a TakeOver... It's definitely looking more like a takeover than previous NXT pay-per-views. But uh, if you guys want to watch the NXT Premium Live event with me on Saturday, if you guys plan on watching the Premium Live event, Stand and Deliver, I will be watching it live with you guys on YouTube. First time I'm doing anything like that since the early, early Twitch days where we used to do that with the uh, Black and Gold TV show on Wednesday on the WWE Network. So that is going to be going on there. Saturday, WrestleMania night, one post. You guys know the deal there. Sunday, WrestleMania night two, and then Monday, the Raw after Mania. So we have legitimately shit seven days next week, and then going into Monday. So it's going to be a busy week right here on the podcast, man. So if you guys want to hang out with me next week, you know where to find me. And I'll be posting that on my socials, so make sure you guys uh, take a peek at that. Make sure you also go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Plenty of it. YouTube shorts, live streams. OTS Extra, I believe, I did this week as well. So go check that out on Thursday. Everything you need is on the homepage. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes tonight. Big show. 1,000 likes tonight on the podcast. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. As always, never an obligation, but always appreciated. Memberships are open as well. If you guys want to get in on the live stream chat tonight, it's members only. As you guys know, Sundays are members only. Friday on SmackDown will also be members only because it's the grand opening of My Mother's Basement, which you guys will see for the first time, new extension to the OTS venue. So make sure you guys go and hit that join button if you want to be a part of the festivities on Friday night. And tonight's show sponsored by The Ridge. As always, we'll talk about my friends over at The Ridge a little bit later. But today's the last day you guys can get 40% off. So act fast. You got a couple of hours left. 40% off anything on their website. Ridge.com slash scripts. Go and get yourself a new wallet. It's a brand new wallet today, courtesy of the podcast. And I want to thank the Ridge for sponsoring the show right here on Off the Script. Let's get into the news, man. I'm going to start light, and then we'll get into the heavy stuff, man. As always, that's the way we operate here. I am going to start off with WWE, SummerSlam. I've talked about SummerSlam a lot in the last couple of weeks. I think SummerSlam should be the the home base, the grounds for Cody Rhodes to win the WWE championship from Roman Reigns, not at WrestleMania, but at SummerSlam. Now, SummerSlam was announced in Detroit, first time that WWE is going to Detroit for SummerSlam since the 1993 version of SummerSlam. The Lex Express, which celebrated a win over Yokozuna, but failed to capture the WWF Championship then. And WWE this week, they unveiled a brand new logo, which you see there, man. The SummerSlam logo is right there. I love it. SummerSlam, Detroit. Got a little bit of a Detroit feel for sure. It's got a little bit of a Ford Mustang-type feel there. It's got a little bit of a Detroit Pistons-type vibe there. But that is the new logo for SummerSlam this year, the 2023 version. I think it's sweet. I think it's very, very uh, beautiful, in fact. And that is the latest SummerSlam design right there. Uh, It it looks like, folks, now, depending on how involved Vince McMahon is going to be, I may have to get Salrex to do a uh, brand new logo design of that in the Summer design. I think that would be great. Maybe we should get to work on that. I think maybe we should get to work on that before the summer, man. So that's the new SummerSlam logo. WWE unveil that this week as well. So let me know what you guys think about that one down below. And SummerSlam, going to be a major party this summer, man. WWE holding that show for the first time in Detroit since 1993. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I don't eat it. It's shit. I haven't eaten Cinnamon Toast Crunch since uh, maybe I was in grade school. I don't know why anybody would feed their children such garbage when you have Magic Spoon. You guys can go get Magic Spoon, at Cheap plug. Magicspoon.com slash script for $5 off. It tastes exactly the same as Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but a lot healthier for you. But Cinnamon Toast Crunch is sponsoring WrestleMania and not Magic Spoon. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is going to have a live musical performance at WrestleMania. Now, I don't know what this means. Maybe we get The Miz involved because he's the host of WrestleMania. But a WrestleMania partner is Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And they have promised that there will be a live takeover... Not an NXT takeover. This is a cereal takeover. Maybe we'll get Captain Crunch involved. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get uh, Count Chocula involved. Maybe we'll get two canned Sam involved, man. I don't know. Why are we gonna have the, the Cinnamon Toast Crunch brand represented and not all the other cooler cereal, Matt? What about Tony the Ti- what about what about Tony the Tiger, man? What about Keith Lee? Maybe they'll bring Keith Lee back. They're
1: great,
0: right? Maybe they'll bring his Bearcat gimmick back. Roar! You break. In a press release, it was revealed that the General Mills brand would see the return of the Cinemojis with their bizarre antics. I don't believe this is fucking news. Along with the... I just want to make sure you guys are aware of what's coming this weekend for WrestleMania. The Cinemojis with their bizarre antics along with limited-edition Cinemoji Toast Crunch in a Rey Mysterio WrestleMania 39 cereal box that will be available through Walmart. This is the press release for the Cinemojis. To celebrate the Cinemoji Toast Crunch cereal, Cinema Toast Crunch and WWE are teaming up to bring Cinemojis to fans live during WrestleMania 39, hosted at SoFi Stadium, in Los Angeles, April 1 and April 2. Now, WWE fans who can't be at SoFi Stadium to witness this magical live performance, man. I mean, you don't want to miss this one. We're also encouraged to tune into Peacock to catch the spirited Cinemojis perform live at WrestleMania 39 alongside some WWE superstars. I don't even want to know who the fuck is going to be on stage and believe me, folks, if you need, there's, you know, the sad thing is, there's a, there's a couple of bathroom breaks on this show. This segment being maybe the biggest bathroom break of all. I don't know how they could get away with such cringe, but here we are, man. Cinnamon Toast Crunch and WWE teaming up. That must be a lot of money, man. You could probably buy a lot of cereal with the money that they're fucking paying WWE. Me a break. That's what the New Day is going to be. That's what Big going to be doing. Big going to come back to the WWE to represent the E at WrestleMania. He's going to be dancing alongside fucking Cinnamon Toast Crunch. CM Punk. Let's get into it. CM Punk blasts AEW creative Tony Khan. John Moxley and Chris Jericho in a now-deleted Instagram story. The good old Tweet and Delete by CM Punk, man. Everybody was wondering, I wonder what Phil Brooks is up to, man. I I wonder what Phil Brooks is up to. Little did we know, he escaped his wife somewhere, went into uh, the bathroom at their favorite coffee shop, and tweeted such displeasure that it legitimately broke the fucking internet this week. And now I'm wondering if Mr. Phil Brooks is even going to be able to come back to the sport we all love, known as professional wrestling. In a now Instagram deleted story, CM Punk responded to what appears to be a claim by Dave Meltzer on his message board about Punk initially refusing to lose to John Moxley on the August 24th, 2022 episode uh, of AEW Dynamite. That was Punk's match for the world title before the pay-per-view. First match back in AEW after he broke his foot in June, which should have never happened. I, I, I mean, you know, a lot of this nonsense probably could have been avoided if he didn't jump into the fucking crowd like an idiot. But I'm not CM Punk. He was, he was overly excited. And it ended up being a title unification squash victory... For John Moxley over CM Punk then beat Moxley in a rematch at All Out at 2022's version of All Out before a backstage fight, obviously, which you guys know as Brawl Out after the media scrum that went wild after the pay-per-view. First, here is Meltzer responding to a question about why the build to Punk vs. Moxley at All Out was so short and not advertised well in advance. He says, and I quote Dave Meltzer, Do you know why they didn't advertise Punk vs. Moxley longer? And why it had a short build. Because Punk agreed to it. Then AEW got a legal letter. They got a legal letter because Punk agreed to it. And then he didn't want to put the match layout the way that it was. He wasn't down with it. So he agreed to it. Then they got a legal letter. And then the legal letter said that he wasn't agreeing to it. And it wasn't a situation that he wanted to put himself in, and they didn't know if he'd come out until Tony put his foot down. I don't really believe Tony put any fucking foot down because he he just let CM Punk run over everybody like a goddamn fucking freight train at, at the all-out media scrum. Then there are a lot of nice things I could say about him, says Meltzer, and you can absolutely argue his position on Moxley was correct, but you can't argue he willingly did what he was asked to do in that scenario. Punk then told his side of the story on Instagram, and in doing so, uh, he made some pretty big accusations here against Moxley and President Tony Khan, while also shitting on Chris Jericho. He says, and I quote, Sigh, I wasn't cleared to come back to wrestle yet. That one threw me off. The plan was to wrestle at the pay-per-view. I sat and listened to Moxley's Rocky Three idea. I explained how I'd never seen a Rocky movie, and I thought the idea sucked, but if the boss wanted to do it, whatever. He said he wouldn't lose to me. That also made me roll my eyes. I'd never experienced someone refusing to lose to me. I just laughed. I asked Tony if this is what he wanted. He said yes, He's the boss, so I said, okay, but I'd need to be cleared first. They kept saying it could just be a squash, so I didn't need to be cleared. I scoffed at that. My health is more important. Dave Meltzer is a liar. Jericho is also a liar and a stooge. There were plans, but plans always change. But I'll never put a company above my health ever again. End quote. Now, Jericho is widely believed to be the one Feeding Meltzer all these stories and is rumored to be staunchly against the idea of CM Punk ever coming back to AEW, which I, I don't really I don't really know if that's true because Chris Jericho was tweeting and he quoted a fan saying that he'd love to work with CM Punk again. Now he didn't say in AEW, but he said he'd love to work with CM Punk again. After the reports of Chris Jericho claiming that he said CM Punk was a cancer. And then we get the report that Chris Jericho kind of doubled down on him saying that he would want to work with CM Punk and basically said those reports were false. So I I don't know who to believe in that case. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about because I, I mean, I talked about it legitimately in the entire CM Punk saga that Jesse and I covered here on the show. Damning allegations to make against the professionalism and character of each man. John Moxley, Chris Jericho, and Tony Khan. Khan, Jericho, and Moxley are legitimately Tony Khan, obviously the most powerful, but Jericho and Moxley, two of the three locker room leaders that Tony Khan has appointed to run the locker room and keep everything in order. So Jericho and Moxley, two of the most powerful, if not the most powerful people under Tony Khan in that company, So the fact that Punk is criticizing them in this manner publicly on social media doesn't really lend to any positivity in him coming back to the company for a potential return. Let me go back. I said this word for word on Twitter. I got people arguing with me. First of all, I don't believe what he wrote here. I I don't. Meltzer says that they advertised them, or they didn't advertise the match. They didn't advertise Punk versus Moxley longer. Why did it have such a short build? Because Punk agreed to it. Then he got a legal letter to AEW saying that he wasn't going to do it, and they didn't know if he would come out, so Tony put his foot down, and Punk did it. He didn't want to lose to John Moxley. Or, or, or rather, Moxley didn't want to lose to CM Punk. He's claiming that Moxley, Moxley did not want to lose to CM Punk. But Moxley, but Moxley lost to CM Punk at the pay-per-view in a 30-minute match where he then tore his tricep. I, I don't really understand. Why are we going after John Moxley here? That's the part I don't understand. Does Moxley and Punk have heat? Sure. Of course they do. Just go back and listen to the promo that John Moxley cut the day after All Out. He rallied the troops. He gave a heartfelt promo, and he was fucking pissed. Pissed. But I don't believe for a fucking second that Moxley ever gave anybody a problem in putting anybody over. He dropped the title to Punk at the pay-per-view. I don't really get... That is so... That part of the story just really, really, really made no sense to me. I don't get that. Then Punk goes on and says, this was a Rocky Three idea. I explain how I never seen a Rocky movie. But that was the whole premise of of the movie. Rocky gets his ass kicked, he goes to train, and then he comes back and wins the big boxing match at the end. That's exactly... Exactly... John Moxley laid it out for him. But then he wants to cry and say Moxley wouldn't, wouldn't do the job. But Moxley's idea was Rocky Three, which you played out on Dynamite, which led into the pay-per-view. So why are you claiming Moxley's not putting you over? Because he did. He beat Punk on Dynamite, and then Punk beat Moxley at the pay-per-view. And nobody... Nobody has beaten Moxley. Moxley is one of the guys that has one of those records that nobody's really beaten him. Nobody. So the fact that Moxley laid down, and he was going on vacation at that point, he was ready to go on vacation with Renee. Moxley laid down for you to do the job, to get you the title, and then you want to tell everybody that he wouldn't put you over, but he did. Didn't make sense to me. The idea sucked, but if the boss wanted to do it, I'd do it. He says he wouldn't lose to me. I'd never experienced someone refusing to losing to me. But he did lose to you. He did lose. I just laughed. I asked Tony if this is what he wanted. He said yes. He's the boss. So I said okay but I need to be cleared first. Then he says they kept saying it could just be a squash. So I didn't need to be cleared. Now we haven't heard from AEW. We haven't heard from Doc Samson. We haven't heard from john moxley we haven't heard from chris jericho we haven't heard from anybody in this we haven't heard from a- aw hasn't released a statement we haven't heard from tony khan i mean these are pretty fucking damning accusations for punk to go out on social media and claim that they wanted him to work injured without proper medical clearance from their doctor i don't believe that for a fucking second. Tony Khan has done some stupid fucking shit. I don't believe for a fucking second that Tony Khan sent a $5 million investment in CM Punk to go out and wrestle without proper medical clearance. I don't believe that for a fucking second.
1: There's no I IN team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed.
0: I don't believe that for a fucking second. Just like how I didn't believe that fucking Larry, the dog, got a tooth knocked out at the scrum. I love punk. Don't get me wrong. I'm a fucking punk mark. But this is bullshit. Just like the fucking side that punk was on, the story that came out there was bullshit. This is bullshit. There is no fucking way. Tony Khan allowed him to work without proper medical clearance. No fucking way. He would have... There would be legal issues out the ass if he got re-injured. If they sent him out there and he got re-injured again, give me a break. Give me a fucking break. No way. No way. Then he talks about Dave Meltzer being a liar. Dave Meltzer supposedly supposedly, Dave Meltzer was being fed information from the Young Bucks. That's what the whole scrum was about. By the looks of this, by the looks of this Instagram story, it looks like Jericho was the one who was feeding Dave Meltzer all of the information. So if we backtrack to the scrum back in September, if Jericho is a liar and a stooge, And Jericho is the one feeding Dave Meltzer the bullshit. And it wasn't the Young Bucks feeding Meltzer the bullshit about Colt Cabana and all the shit that they wanted or Punk wanted Colt Cabana fired and all this other shit. And the Bucks stood up for him and they started feeding Meltzer the information that Punk didn't want Colt Cabana in the locker room and he didn't want to work amongst Colt Cabana. He didn't want him there. They were about to fire him. Looks like Chris Jericho was the one who was feeding Dave Meltzer everything that you heard. And then the Bucks and Omega and everybody else, they were basically thrown under the bus at the scrum for no fucking reason. It's the way I see it. All of this is so confusing. But Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez had to legitimately come out this week and say that the young Bucks did not have anything to do with feeding us information. He then went on to say that Jericho may have talked to Dave Meltzer. Jericho may not have talked to Dave Meltzer. I don't know. That's something that Dave Meltzer is going to have to answer. But here we are making accusations left and right on everything, and we don't have any solid fucking information on anything. And then the fans on social media, you know how the fucking geeks online, they take everything and they run with it. You don't know what to believe anymore. Everybody's got a fucking blue check mark everywhere, you know, and you don't know who's legit and who's not. People run with these stories. You got people who are on the inside that aren't really journalists and people who are mingling with the fucking talent that don't have a platform. I don't know where they come from or how they get where they go, but They hear something, it gets passed around, it gets shared on social media, it blows up into something because then it just snowballs after that into more bullshit, more bullshit, and more bullshit, and then you don't know what to believe. You don't. Nobody on the internet, outside of who was there at the all-out media scrum, knows exactly what happened at the media scrum. My opinion stands on everything I said about the media scrum. All of this, all of this could have been avoided. Going back to the CM Punk and Adam Page head-to-head on Dynamite before their match, and then Punk gets injured, he stews it home because Adam Page cut a promo, he gets back the first fucking day, and he gives Page a receipt. But All of this could have been avoided. That's where it just started to slow ball, slow and slow, and it became bigger and bigger and bigger. Tony Khan didn't put his foot down. Tony Khan let it sit, let it fester, and let it get infected. And then it was a full-blown disease by the time Punk got back. And then we get the all-out situation, and then goodbye. everybody suspended. Punk is injured. Nobody knows what's going on. And Tony Khan did nothing about it. Tony Khan didn't talk to Paige. Tony Khan didn't talk to Punk. Tony Khan didn't do anything for Punk to stop at the media scrum. He didn't get his microphone cut off. He just sat there like a fucking mark, looking at this guy bury basically the three most important people in his entire company. I don't really understand why he allowed him to do what he did. None of it should have been said. If Tony Khan was a real boss, then that microphone would have been cut off stat. I don't understand why it did or it went where it went, as long as it did, while he was sitting there eating Mindy's Bakery. Then we get the report from Fightful about the follow-up and everything that has happened with CM Punk. So Moxley Punk, they detail this in chronological order here. Moxley Punk, in the post, CM Punk confirmed a Fightful report from last fall, that John Moxley pitched the idea of CM Punk losing in a quick match before their all-out match. Punk claimed that Moxley wouldn't put him over, but Moxley did put him over at the pay-per-view, and I guess he didn't watch Rocky Three or any Rocky movies, and it must have went completely over his head because Moxley did put him over at the pay-per-view and dropped the World Championship to CM Punk at the pay-per-view. Those familiar with the situation say that Punk had communicated that he wasn't comfortable competing in any capacity without being cleared first, for the August 24th match. Uh, Again, I I, I call bullshit. I I don't think Tony Khan is going to send CM Punk out there without being medically cleared. I, I I don't believe that. I don't. There have been issues regarding the creative throughout the build to the match, and Fightful had reported that there were concerns that Punk wouldn't be at the August 17th Dynamite as well. However, we are told that special travel arrangements were made to accommodate Punk the day of the match... And Punk had at least floated the idea of additional reimbursement for the match as he was working without being cleared per his claims. I don't, I don't believe a fucking word he said. I don't. I don't think he was working without being cleared. I don't think Tony Khan would take that type of, that, ta- that type of liability with that type of talent. I don't think Tony Khan is taking that type of risk. John Moxley and Punk have appeared to have heat based on those that Moxley has spoken to after Brawl Out. Moxley helped lead a locker room meeting in the days after the Chris, after with Chris Jericho, who was also called a liar and a stooge in the Punk IG post. Brian Danielson also led this meeting, but was not mentioned in the Scorch Earth post by CM Punk. And fightful haven't heard any heat between of, uh, any heat between Punk and Danielson. Jericho and Punk shouted at each other after the brawl out fight fight took place, while Jericho was calling Punk a cancer on social media, and Punk shouted back at Jericho. Those in AEW believe that if things came down to a Moxley or Punk situation, that AEW would pick John Moxley in that decision. Punk is very aware of the heat on him and the possibility of talent walking out should he return, but Fightful have not heard his feelings on it. Some of the heat has certainly died down since All Out, but plenty of that now remains and has now been reopened due to his post on Instagram. I don't know why you have... I know why Moxley has heat with Punk. But I don't know why... I don't know why Punk is throwing shade at John Moxley when him and Renee, Punk and Renee are, are such good fucking friends. Like, why would he go out there and just blatantly blast one of his best friend's husband? I, I don't really understand the mindset of this guy. You know... A normal human being would be like shit, you know, and he's made posts about it, forgiveness. You know, I can forgive, but I can't forget type of deal. You know, we could stay at arm's length. I'll walk in the room and I'll say hello at a distance. But, you know, we don't have to be friends. We can be friendly and we can work together. He's made posts about this type of thing and this type of mentality throughout all of this time off of television recuperating, rehabilitating. Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega has talked about, you know, this very thing on the Rene Paquette podcast as well. And, you know, he just wants to get on and move on. The vibe that he gave was that he just wants to move on from everything. I I believe that everybody could work together in a harmonious way. And if Punk just stayed the course, and if Punk did what he had to do, if he does what he has to do, and he gets back into the company he needs a public apology to everybody for the way that he acted because he came in as the star that he is and they gave him a lot of responsibility responsibility that everybody kind of took and they ran with it oh my god AEW is going to be taken to the next level we got CM Punk back after 8 years his star power is going to take the company to bigger levels his star power is going to get more money via the TV rights deals from Warner Media And everything else that comes along with it. With Punk, there's more money to be made. Do not believe Alvarez. Dude, I love Brian Alvarez. I think his opinion is fucking great. I love the way he views the current products when he talks about wrestling on The Observer. But I do not believe Alvarez saying that Punk and the elite and everybody involved here cannot make money. The reason why Punk was brought into the company was for Punk to make more money for everybody. For AEW to make more money. For everybody working on the shows that he's on to make more money. More live gate, more pay-per-view revenue. Ratings up equals TV rights deals and a bigger payout for Tony Khan. Merchandise deals. I, I don't understand how you aren't going to make money with Punk back in the company. Don't use that as a deterrent to keep Punk away. If punk is back and they end up doing what they need to do here and making money and doing business, then everybody involved is going to benefit greatly. Don't believe that. Because if he's back, everything is going to be through the roof. And the narrative of punk needs to go away. Punk needs to stay away. Punk is a cancer. Punk is this. We don't need punk. You could sit there and claim that you hate CM Punk For any reason that you want, you can sit there and claim that AEW doesn't need CM Punk. And they may not need CM Punk. I mean, they survived before CM Punk came around in 2021. He he, he was something that was imaginary at that point, before that point. Nobody knew what the fuck CM Punk was going to do. Then all of a sudden he emerges and and things are like the hottest I've ever seen it in in decades. Since the Attitude Era and and the Monday Night Wars. We haven't had something like that to sink our teeth into as wrestling fans since that era. Not saying it was as big or as great as that era, but Punk being back was one of the biggest moments in the history of this business. Just seeing what happened to him when he left and his return to AEW with this rival promotion that's going head-to-head, face-to-face with WWE. Now they got the biggest name-free agent in all of the sport back After seven years when he said, I'm never wrestling again, they got him. They did something to get him. They attracted him enough to come back. Was it money? Sure. He's making more money than anybody. But don't sit there and think that CM Punk doesn't want to be back. Don't think that CM Punk doesn't love professional wrestling. Don't think that Punk doesn't want to be back in AEW. He's made strides. He's made comments, off-color remarks, cryptic tweets, and Instagram posts about him wanting to be back. He wants to be back. But don't sit there and tell me that AEW doesn't need CM Punk. WWE would give their left arm and a a fucking lung to get CM Punk back in WWE. You don't believe me? Garen fucking T, no matter how much hatred that that place has for him, they go after him hard. I don't know if he'd give them a second look. Or first look for that matter. But they'd make any attempt possible to take him away from AEW because they know what it would do to AEW. But don't tell me that AEW TV is not better with CM Punk on it. Then you're just flat out lying to me. AEW TV is better with CM Punk on the fucking show. He is as legit as somebody like a Brock Lesnar who wrestles somebody like an Omas or Bobby Lashley or or anybody like that. Brock Lesnar brings that realism. Punk brings the legitimacy because he brings with it a, a story that nobody else could tell. He brings with him a voice that nobody else has. He brings with him a realism in what he does and the way he presents himself that nobody else is able to duplicate. Everything around him is better when he's there. Live gate, people are buying tickets to come see Punk, matches feel bigger, merchandise is through the roof, pay-per-view buy rates are up and they haven't they haven't been anywhere close to when Punk was there. Storylines are better. The overall vibe of the show is better when he's there. So don't tell me no. You may not like him for your reasons, And obviously, he's got a problem with the locker room, and the locker room has a problem with him. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what he brings to the show. Don't tell me that AEW would not benefit from a CM Punk return. You're only fooling yourself. Do I think he ends up back there? I don't know. I don't know. I'll give you that and my opinion in a second. But this is what I had to... Oh, we don't want him back. i don't give a fuck what you want. If he's back, where the fuck are you gonna go? You're gonna be watching just like the rest of us. Don't give me that shit. We're not going to watch CM Punk back on television? You hate him that much. He's that much of a deterrence for you. I've had people come and tell me they've stopped watching AEW television because CM Punk is not there. Now, I don't know if you're really an AEW fan at that point because you're missing out on some pretty great shit. So I don't really take what those people tell me, you know, at face value. I don't take that with, uh, with any value at all, really. But... Are you really an AEW fan if you give me an opinion like that? Oh, I haven't, watched, I haven't watched since CM Punk has left. You're not really an AEW fan at that point. But please do not tell me that CM Punk is not a huge value and an asset to AEW when he's on TV compared to when he's not. So, Punk and AEW. AEW and CM Punk have had some contact, obviously. I'm assuming Tony Khan has had some contact with CM Punk. In fact, some close to Punk claim that he and Tony Khan have spoken or had a couple of meetings, though Fightful isn't sure uh, if anything came of them. Now, Fightful said that they were planning a meeting for February, but that was delayed because of Jerry Jarrett's funeral. At one point, those close to Punk believed that he wanted out of his contract without a non-compete attached... However, in recent weeks, they believe that Punk was open to returning to AEW and even wanted to. This was an important note. At least one person claimed that Punk was willing to apologize for the portion of the all-out media scrum. There was a lot of context absent from that claim, specifically to whom or whether it be publicly or privately. At this point, it doesn't fucking matter. Several people said that Punk has expressed some form of regret for that aspect of that night in general. So if Punk is guilty of doing what he did, knows that he fucked up, and is willing to apologize, whether it's publicly or privately, more so privately, why would he go on social media and blast John Moxley and, and Tony Khan and Chris Jericho, of all people? I mean, you could go out there and target anybody you want, but you targeted the three fucking guys that basically are going to be judge, jury, and executioner in you returning? I don't really, I mean, I don't know what he's got. I mean, is he, he he says he's straight edge. He says he's straight, is he he dropping a couple of drinks in in, in the evening with April? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what possessed him to go after these three guys now. I don't get it. It is so bizarre that he targeted these three guys. Weeks. He's probably cleared by now to come back. Weeks. Before he's set to return to TV, potentially. He could be back on TV by the time Double or Nothing rolls through. And he basically targeted the three-headed fucking beast in AEW. And there's no way they're going to allow him to even approach the gate. It's unreal to me he would have apologized from one source, from one anonymous source that he was contemplating, that he was willing to apologize for the post-all-out media scrum. I mean, he's human. Punk is like a lot of people, man. He wears his heart on his sleeve. I, I, I do the same thing. I know a lot of people that do the same thing. We say something, we sit around with it, we regret it, we're angry, we're sad, we go through a whole fucking slew of emotions, I'm an, I'm an Aquarius, I, I go through all this shit, my anger jumps out at you, then I sit with it, and I'm angry, I need to sit by myself, then I get a little bit more stable, then we go from angry to sad to, then, then we're thinking about it, and then we apologize when we're ready, but we always apologize. You know that man had to sit home and realize what he did was fucked up. Tony Khan gave him the world, and he fucked up. How he treated Tony Khan, how he treated everybody that night. Like, I get it. I, listen, there's, no, there's nobody here saying you can't defend yourself. But I mean, publicly, like that, sitting next to TK, that's the time you decide to do that? Couldn't do that away from closed. You couldn't do that away from cam- the cameras and behind closed doors. Of course, he regretted it. He's a fucking human being. If he didn't, then we'd have a fucking problem. Sources said that Punk was originally considering the potential of legal action. But Feifel didn't hear anything about that. In fact, those that we spoke to, they say, felt like there had been a productive progression in the opposite direction. However, sources within AEW that we spoke to, they say, lost confidence that Punk would be returning after the March 23rd post. Punk does remain under AEW contract, and they've inquired as to whether or not there was ever a suspension or paid docking involved, but traditionally, AEW's paid-out wrestlers while they're injured regardless. Tony Khan's not the type of guy that's going to release people or or do anything. He'll he'll keep you around, he'll sit you on the bench, and he'll pay you up until your contract expires, and then he'll let you go. I don't think he's really fired anybody outside of uh, maybe a handful of people. Then they go on to talk about the Hangman and CM Punk situation. The issues with Hangman and CM Punk dated back to before their AEW Double or Nothing main event match. To the point where Fightful was told that Punk ended up having a meeting with AEW officials. I hope so. I hope so. Because when he came back, he went absolutely berserk on Adam Page. And nothing was done to stop it. I don't understand it. Fightful was told that Punk had expressed his frustrations regarding Hangman's Hangman's comments during a promo that Punk believed referenced Colt Cabana and wasn't satisfied with the resolution or lack thereof. This led to him calling out Hangman months later upon his return. Then the injury. As far as CM Punk's injury status, his his torn tricep, that all out before the media scrum obviously was a big deal. Those with knowledge of the situation said that he was hopeful he could be fully healthy by late January, but believed that now he'd be able to be cleared, and if not now, very soon, I mean, we're going into WrestleMania, we're going into April. Punk is already rehabilitated. Punk is ready to come back to television when they need him, when they want him. He did everything to fucking basically stop that and, and, and potentially never happen, Period. The true accounts of brawl out will likely never be known. Nobody will know unless Punk and the Elite get together and explain in detail, which is very unlikely. However, Fightful learned a little bit more about the situation. There were other talent who were present at the time of the brawl, but did not get physically involved and therefore were not suspended. However, there was another production employee who ended up getting struck with a chair that hadn't been previously revealed. Now, there were some rumors recently that Punk and Kenny Omega had a conversation a few days after, which isn't true by then. Punk was set for surgery, and Kenny Omega already had other plans. However, Punk and Kenny Omega did have a brief conversation after the brawl-out fight. In the immediate moments following, Punk was said to have told Omega the issue wasn't with him. Those that were nearby said the two were going to continue talking, but A Steel was still being dealt with at that point. Even those close with Punk claimed that Omega was surprisingly composed during the aftermath Omega, and that, I believe that, because Kenny Omega does not look like a confrontational type of guy, and, and he wants to steer clear of that. Omega had been scheduled to go to Japan to do the Tokyo Game Show work with AEW, but due to the suspension, ended up taking a personal trip over there. So they didn't allow him to do any company work, and he just took himself over there to do what he needed to do. Obviously suspended, and the game is basically his baby, so he needed to be there. New Japan, CM Punk showed up at the Battle in the Valley in California. And Fightful reported that New Japan Pro Wrestling were not aware that CM Punk was going to attend their Battle in the Valley show, but said that they would have welcomed him regardless. That's a good good thing. That's good news. Sources in New Japan just didn't want AEW to think that they were conspiring against a partner, which was cleared up very quickly. And the only reason why... Punk was there was because he wanted to support mercedes Monet in her match against Kyrie, which is perfectly okay, because Punk has been very vocal about the way that WWE has treated her, and has been very vocal about her and Trinity's walkout, and why would he not support something like that? Because he has been in her shoes before. And he's very proud of the way she operated and did what she needed to do. And if you're not, you can kindly fuck off because there's a lot of people in that company, especially with Vince McMahon in charge when he was in charge, that should have did exactly what Mercedes did but didn't have the balls to do it or say something to Vince but didn't say shit to Vince or Bruce Prichard. She took it upon herself to walk out. That's why he was there. Why wouldn't he want to support someone like that? Feifel reached out to AEW and Punk for additional details on all of this, but did not hear back, and they won't hear back from either in any capacity. You know, all of this is just nonsense. It, 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 it really is. All, all of this is nonsense. I, I, feel, I, feel like, I feel like I'm a fucking principal, and I got to deal with children in detention. It's disgusting. Like, these are are adults. These are grown men who are arguing amongst themselves. The fragile egos of the professional wrestler in in, in 2023, in this day and age, is is very sickening, man. Like, I I, I get it. You know, I, I understand it. You don't want anybody to criticize your work, but everybody's so soft nowadays. Everybody can't take a fucking comment nowadays. They... They they get on edge when someone says something about anything that they do. It, it, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. The wrestlers are marks for themselves. You got how many fucking ego? I'm not even including Kenny Omega. I don't think Kenny Omega's got a fucking ego. Kenny Omega knows how fucking good he is. We don't need a, a Kenny Omega in this. The Young Bucks, I could see them having an ego. You got CM Punk who has an ego. Jericho who has an ego. Ma, everybody's got a fucking... Everybody has an... I got an ego. You got an ego. Everybody's got an ego. But these egos... You gotta understand the wrestling the wrestling industry houses a lot of fragile egos. You know, more times than not, the wrestlers, the wrestlers wanna say shit on social media and they wanna they wanna put something out on social media where you gotta use fucking you, you gotta use decoding methods to come up with fucking whatever they are trying to say. They want to put something out on social media and then they want the fans to get fucking all up in arms about what they say. They want to have the fans try and decode these cryptic messages or whatever to decipher whatever they're saying. And then when the fans do, things grow and things get a life of its own and news spreads and misinformation spreads. And then the wrestler who tweeted or the wrestlers who tweeted want to get mad at the fans and shit on the fans for what they said. And the world goes round and round. Nobody is a bigger mark for themselves than a pro wrestler. You have so many fucking egos here. Tony Khan, John Moxley, Chris Jericho, CM Punk, The Elites, Matt Nick Jackson. I don't care. I don't care. Do you know what I care about? Do you know what I genuinely care about? I don't give a fuck who hates who, who has heat with who. I, I don't care. Punk fucked up. I want punk back. Punk fucked up. I wish he didn't. I don't I'm not on any side. I don't give a I don't give a shit what the elite said. I don't give a shit what punk said. I don't give a shit if you're pro punk or pro elite. I don't care. Punk fucked up. What he did now is target. And again, we could all be we could all be in a situation where we're being worked. Do I think it's a work? I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. I don't. Certainly came very close. You know what I think? You know how I work? You know how I work and-, and what I think? We're dangerously close to this AEW All Access show. And this, a week before it airs, gets dropped on social media. I don't know, man. You know, the the low-key conspiracy theorist in me thinks about this shit while you're fucking sleeping at night. All of a sudden, this bomb gets dropped on social media and we're legitimately less than a week away before their AEW All Access show, man. You know, I said this when Jesse and I covered this this story. Are are we legitimately being where everything that we've talked about, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, Eddie Kingston, Sammy Guevara, all this shit backstage that happened is on that show. Legitimately, everything that we talked about is going to be documented on that show. Did they... Turn the cameras on and start filming for the fucking TV show? Because you know the elite's going to be talking about the all-out media scrum. Tony Khan's on the fucking show, sitting down with the elite in the little presser that they put out, the little coming attraction teaser that they put out. Man, what a season finale this would be, man, for Punk to reemerge right before Double or Nothing, huh? That's the low-key conspiracy theorist in me thinking that this is all one big elaborate work. Now, is it? Is it? I don't know. I'm going to lean towards no. It can't be. U- unless AEW is so fucking brilliant that they work the entire industry to thinking everything that we heard here is real. I do think that the all-out media scrum was legit. I do think what happened and the fight that happened was legit. Punk fucked up. Punk fucked up. If this is real, which I hope it's not, this man targeted Chris Jericho, this man targeted Jon Moxley, why? You think those men are going to be allowed to be back? You, you think those men are going to allow CM Punk to be back in the company? I know I wouldn't. If I'm them. Why would you want that in your locker room? Who else hates CM Punk in that locker he's got. He's probably got a good 50-50 split in that locker room. There are pro CM Punk advocates in that locker room. There are absolutely CM Punk fans in that locker room that would welcome him back. But the most important people... The most important fucking guys are the ones you mentioned in this Instagram story. They will not allow you back in their locker room. Why would you do that? All he did was basically seal his fate. And if he comes back, how many people are going to welcome him back? How many people are going to want to work with him? How many people are going to walk out if he comes back? Knowing that CM Punk is potentially going to do this again. How do we know this isn't going to happen again? This is one huge liability for Tony Khan. We don't know. We don't know what Punk is capable of. We didn't think he was stupid enough to go do this this week after what he did it all out. We didn't think he was this stupid to do it again on social media, and there he is. If he's capable of doing what he did it all out, sit at home for seven months to do nothing and say nothing and make jabs about it and poke fun at it and then sit on it and hopefully come up with an apology. If he could sit at home after what he did in September to then turn around and post that on social media, what do you think he's capable of for a third time back if he's welcomed back into the AW locker room? It is something that I don't want to see transpire. I don't. He basically, I don't want to say ruined his chances because the only one that's going to be able to make that decision is, is Tony Khan. Does AEW need CM Punk? To me, it's a very difficult question to answer. Do they need him? No. They don't need. See, and I put emphasis on need. Do they need CM Punk? No. Do they need CM Punk? Yes. They absolutely do. The magic that CM Punk brought has never been duplicated. And you won't be able to do. And I, don't, and I mean this with the utmost respect to MJF and Jungle Boy and Darby Allin and all those guys. I love all those guys. I, I'm such a huge fan of all. Sammy Guevara, Eddie Kingston, Malachi, everybody that we love that's on that television show. I mean this in no disrespect at all to them. But does AEW need CM Punk? Yes, they do. Everything that CM Punk is a part of makes the show better. He's just that guy. The business will be better. AEW will flourish more with him there. And I'm talking about monetary. I'm not talking about locker room leader-wise. Not talking about anything backstage. Talking about what happens on the television show when he is there. For our enjoyment, away from the bullshit and the toxicity of the locker room stories, that's what I'm talking about. But what he did here is basically—I mean, he—he's got a foot and a half out the door because legitimately, the only one that is going to be able to make this decision is Tony Khan. How does Warner Media feel about this? I, I mean, if they needed CM Punk so badly, if, if Warner Media think about it from a a TV rights deal perspective and think about it from because those those pe- those people fucking have Tony Khan on strings think about it from their point of view if they thought AEW was in such a bad way right if they thought oh my god punk AEW without punk what are we going to do if Warner media is not seeing a problem here and they're not panicked or they're not concerned. They just gave AEW another hour of television with a show rumored to be called AEW Collision on Saturday night. They gave them another one-hour block with AEW all, 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 All Access. They gave them another two hours of television. If they thought AEW was a sinking ship or... They lost faith in AEW, especially with Punk being out for the last six or seven months. They wouldn't have done what they did with AEW to give them more television time and more exposure on their networks. So look at it from a Time Warner, Warner Media perspective. Would they welcome CM Punk back? Yes, if the proper things are in place, if he does what he needs to do as a human being, everybody makes a fucking mistake, sometimes twice. But you can apologize for it. You could be a better person for it. You could, you know, have positivity come out of what he did. There is a whole slew of positivity that comes out of what he did. If he apologizes and everybody fucking puts their egos aside and makes money from what he did, which is what we all hope for. But these fucking stories and this... Who said this, and he said this, and he's a liar, and he's a stooge. Everybody gets caught up on what Punk said, or what Punk is saying about the locker room, and how the locker room feels about... I don't give a fuck! I don't! Do you know what I care about? I care about the conversations that Tony Khan and CM Punk had together. That's all I care about, because as far as I am concerned... Unless I see it and hear it or read it, I'm going to think that Punk is on his way back because I genuinely don't think that Tony Khan has the fucking balls to let Punk out of his contract with a non compete or no non compete attached to it. I don't care. That's what I care about. What has Tony Khan and CM Punk talked about? Where are those discussions? How far along in those discussions are we? That's all that matters. Because right now, the way we see it, nothing's happening. Nothing about him being released has been talked about or, or even shown. Nothing about him being docked pay or suspended. I don't get this vibe that Tony Khan is going to just let him go out into the open again. Tony Khan is not stupid. He's not. Has what CM Punk did, I- is it enough for Tony Khan to cut the chain and say goodbye? Yes. Yes. Yes, but at the end of all of this, there needs to be an apology and business. Tony Khan knows, if everybody wants to play ball, he knows exactly what the television show would be. You know, we need, we need something for this company to just take them to the next level. I don't know if they have that within them right now. I, I don't. What What we thought was... Brian Cole and Punk all arriving within 3 weeks of each other. We're like AEW, I mean, there's no fucking way. We had high hopes for AEW when that when we saw that at the end of All Out, we're like this 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 is unbelievable. There's no way they can fuck this up. With Punk back, everything was just it was beautiful. It was a beautiful fucking transition from All Out into Grand Slam and everything that happened. Tony Khan knows that what we we've gotten some great shows we've gotten some great matches we've gotten some great pay-per-views the story's a little lacking i'm not going to lie to you AEW has not recaptured that long-term booking it hasn't recaptured that essence when punk was there when cody was there they haven't done anything close to that tony khan knows that if punk is back that's this will be their coming-of-age moment. This will be that moment that takes them into the next five years. This is the moment that's going to seal the deal for them getting whatever they ask for from WarnerMedia. Punk knows that. The Elite knows that. Hangman knows that. Moxley knows that. Jericho knows that. That locker room knows that. I wish that there were human beings in this company that realize the fucking potential that sits in front of them and realizes what will happen with one simple apology. With one simple human being sitting amongst other human beings, humanizing himself away from the ego, away from the fucking heartbreak that he suffered once before, away from the whispers and who's talking shit about him. I wish that they would sit together And come together as a family and realize that this is bigger than their fucking egos. That this is bigger than whatever problems that have happened in the past. What they need to do is come together as a family. If AEW was so important to them. If AEW was so important to Matt, Nick, Kenny, Jon Moxley who just re-upped for five years. Jericho who re-upped for five years recently. Recently. If AEW was so important to them, if AEW is such a great company, CM Punk would have never even given them a fucking chance. CM Punk knew what he was walking into the day he walked in there. He knew these people before he joined AEW. This is what needs to happen. That's what we want to see as pro wrestling fans. If that happens... I'm telling you right now, man, you want the one thing. You want your bloodline moment for WWE in AEW? There you go. I don't give a shit what is said from this point on. The only thing I care about is what Tony Khan is going to do next because we haven't seen or heard anything in any matter. We haven't seen any direction come from Tony Khan that he's going to fire Punk, suspend Punk, Doc Punk pay, cut him loose, give him a no non-compete, send him off to Triple H and good luck with your future endeavors. We haven't heard or seen anything regarding that at all. I don't see Tony Khan doing that. Punk may have asked for that in the heat of the moment, but I don't think Punk wants that either. That's the only thing that I'm concerned with. Unless I see it, and I hear it, and I see it reported that Tony Khan has released CM Punk, then we can all finally move on. But AEW is better with CM Punk in it, minus the talk, to- the the toxicity in the locker room, and whatever you want to think about him being in the locker room brings. AEW is better with CM Punk in it. Now I do question. I mean, if he's make- if he does come back, it- it's going to be ultimately Tony Khan's. If he does come back and Tony Khan wants him back, he's already got enemies in John Moxley, he's got enemies in, in Chris Jericho, he's got enemies in the Elite, he's got enemies with. Half of the fucking lot. Who is CM Punk going to work with? If Punk does come back, is it going to be a situation that he finds fruitful? If he's already basically broken himself away from the top of the fucking food chain here and all the most important people in the company can't fucking stand him, is it going to be an environment in which he wants to work? That's also what I question. I don't know, man. I don't know. You guys let me know what you think, but I've said all all I can on this. I I don't give a shit what happens or who says what. Jericho, Moxley, this and that. The only thing that matters right now, the only thing that you should be concerned with is what Tony Khan is thinking. Is Tony going to let him go? The answer is no. The answer is no. Moving on. Major update on Pat McAfee in WWE. Everybody's wondering what WWE is going to do with Pat McAfee. We did see him at the Royal Rumble. We did see him at the Royal Rumble. He did announcing at the Royal Rumble alongside Corey Graves and Michael Cole. And with Pat McAfee explaining that, you know, he's got a baby on the way and the success of his podcast and his business. He still plans to be in the WWE Hall of Fame one day. And a potential with ESPN is also likely in his future, and that is also a cause for concern as well for his WWE run. ESPN are currently in the process of laying off staff with a New York Post report saying that there will be no scared cows, or no sacred cows, I'm sorry. No sacred cows is the term that they use, suggesting that any job could be at risk regardless of the role. The cuts, per the New York Post, are set to be finalized within the next four to six weeks, with department heads being asked to look for efficiency savings. The New York Post reported that Pat McAfee is exploring moving to a network that could have him step away from FanDuel in the midst of a four-year, $120 million contract and cited ESPN as a possibility despite the current round of job cuts. McAfee had cast doubt over his WWE future, In the event of the company being sold, suggesting it would depend on who bought the company. With WWE CEO Nick Khan suggesting that the sale could take place in around three months in a recent interview with CBS, McAfee is one of the subjects in a lawsuit also from NFL uh, Hall of Famer Brett Favre over comments made relating to the uh, quarterback's alleged role in a $77 million welfare fraud scheme. I don't know anything about that, but uh, good luck to them on that. But WWE, you know, is in a situation here where they're okay without Pat McAfee. I mean, Pat McAfee is great at what he does. He brought a energy to the show that, you know, was missing for a very long time. The genuineness of him and Michael Cole really resonated on air on screen. It jumped off the screen, but he's got a lot going on for himself, man. He does especially with a baby on the way, which I did not know. Uh, His podcast has taken off big time. He's got a lot of shit going on there. Wants to be picked up by ESPN to kind of offset, I guess, maybe stepping away from the FanDuel. Four-year, $120 million contract. He wants something to offset that. I don't know. But ESPN said that there will be no sacred cows suggesting that even the top bigwigs at ESPN could be losing their job. So, I don't know. Pat McAfee may have to uh, put that off to the side for now. And if he wants to do WWE, he could do WWE. It's always something that Triple H is going to keep open for him. But the traveling and and being there every Friday, different cities, different tests, especially with the baby on the way, which is the most important thing, he don't want to be traveling. He wants to be home. He wants to be home. He could do the show at home, in the comfort of his own home. I know he's got his own studio. You know, he's a little bit more flexible under his own rules than he was... If he's got to work for WWE, he stepped away to do college football. He was away for the entire season. They got Wade Barrett on SmackDown, which he's kind of come into his own with Michael Cole. I think they do a great job. They're much better than what we hear on Monday Night Raw. They're probably the best commentary team in the company right now. And it's not something that, you know, we are desperately needing as Pat McAfee on TV. Let him take care of his shit. The door will always be open. Maybe he'll be at WrestleMania. We don't know. I can't see McAfee missing WrestleMania. If Triple H wants him there, he'll be there. Ronda Rousey. She calls out the WWE women's creative and the women's division. She says, octogenarians in WWE don't put enough time into women's storylines. She cited her storyline with Liv Morgan as being one of the things that she was very upset about. Rousey appears to be unhappy, and we all know that's... Rousey. i We all know Ronda sucks. We all know Ronda is awful, but she was unhappy with her feud with Liv Morgan. So was I. It was terrible. And she talked about it in an Instagram under a clip from her latest on the road video from her YouTube channel. Rousey tweeted this, and I quote, Imagine what our Liv Morgan feud could have looked like if we weren't hamstrung by a bunch of octogenarians who still think they know how to be hip while putting less than five minutes of thought a week into a women's storyline, and then she leaves the thinking emoji, and then she uses the hashtag new on the road, Rhonda. Now the post sounds like she's calling out not Triple H. Just so that I'm, just the, just so that I'm giving you guys the proper information. She's not calling out Triple H. Okay, this is another one of those things that is going to be swept under the rug because you don't want to hear the fucking truth. Triple H is not being blamed here. I don't think Triple H is an octogenarian. In fact, let me see. I don't even know what the fucking definition of an octogenarian. Let me see. A person who is from 80 to 89 years old. Yeah, it's definitely not Triple H. The definition of octogenarian is a person who is from 80 to 89 years old. She's definitely not talking about Triple H. So for everybody already claiming, oh, well... uh, Triple H books the show, man.
1: Why does Vince McMahon always find yourself rent-free in his head, man?
0: Whatever the fuck they say, man. Vince McMahon lives rent-free in my head. I'm sorry. Now we're hearing it. Now we're hearing it from Ronda Rousey. I'm sorry. Triple H is not a fucking octogenarian by definition, so, who was she talking about? This happened back in October. You mean to tell me that this doesn't jump off the fucking page? Yes, yes, Extreme Rules happened back in October. And yes, Extreme Rules was a very good pay per view. But why is she throwing that term around? Who the fuck are we supposed to think? Who? Vince McMahon is 77 years old. Bruce Prichard is 60 years old. Michael P.S. Hayes is 63 years old. And Kevin Dunn is over 60. Triple H loves the women's division. Triple H loves women's wrestling. Triple H created the women's evolution. It was all started in NXT. This man would fucking jump through rings of fire to get women positioned better on the main roster. We saw Triple H go from 15-minute matches on Monday Night Raw to now we barely get fucking Nikki Cross and Piper Niven going one minute. We barely get Mia Yim and Candice LeRae going three minutes. Everything you see on Monday Night Raw ends within one minute to three minutes when it comes to the women's division. I mean, we got Asuka dancing around on Monday Night Raw, and that's the basis of her fucking feud with Bianca Belair going into WrestleMania. We got Charlotte Flair talking about God knows what in her feud with Rhea Ripley, talking about 14 times and people think this of me and blah, 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 blah. I mean, what the fuck? This is the best that WWE's got for their women's division? I mean, what was the basis of the Liv Morgan feud? Liv Morgan wanted to be hardcore. She went through... First of all, Liv Morgan beat Ronda Rousey on a fucking cash-in at Money in the Bank. Then she goes into SummerSlam and taps out to Ronda Rousey, but she still wins because she had Ronda pinned on the mat while she was tapping out. I don't know who the fuck booked that, but whatever the fucking case may be, it happened Then we go into Extreme Rules and Liv Morgan loses and Ronda Rousey retains or wins or regains, rather, the SmackDown Women's Championship. That was the basis of their feud. Liv goes hardcore. Liv can't tap out. And she's laughing and she's smiling and she loves the pain, right? I mean, who books this shit? You mean to tell me that Triple H, the octogenarian known as Triple H, Book this half-assed fucking garbage feud and continues to book half-assed, meaningless, worthless, pathetic stories for the women on Monday and Friday night? Who's Ronda talking about? She ain't talking about Triple H. She's talking about Vince McMahon. I don't blame her. Vince hates wrestling. Women's wrestling. Vince hates wrestling in general. Vince hates women's wrestling. So does Bruce Prichard. Actively hates women's wrestling. So he was the one that told Mickie James women's wrestling doesn't draw a dime. I don't need to have sources to tell you that. Just go look at the trash bag incident and the fucking shows that she did in the aftermath of her trash bag incident. There was somebody there that said women's wrestling doesn't draw a dime a- and John Laurinaitis was the same way. John Laurinaitis and Bruce Prichard share, sh- share the same brain. They all, the old men's club, they all mingled around together. They all thought the same fucking thing. They had, they had fucking one brain between all four of them. Now, I don't like Ronda Rousey. I think Ronda Rousey is absolutely fucking terrible. I think Ronda Rousey's soul and spirit is not in WWE. She's long gone. She doesn't give a fuck what happens there. But I can't tell you, I can't tell you that Ronda is not right here. Ronda is absolutely correct in this. And she has every fucking right to call this shit out. Why she's calling it out now, I don't know. Ronda is hurt. So she's not really factoring into any storylines right now anyway. But Ronda wants better for the women's division, and that is always something that I will stand for and respect. It needs to be better. It needs to be better. Whatever the fuck they're doing now is awful. And and something needs to change. Especially with what we got going into WrestleMania. I don't know who's excited for this shit, but my God, man. You guys deserve better. We all deserve better. And and what we're getting at WrestleMania is not what I want to see out of stories in WWE. WWE. Randy Orton is believed to be on his way back to the WWE. Good. Good. During the latest Wrestling Observer Radio, Garrett Gonzalez asks Dave Meltzer about Randy Orton's status, and based on what Meltzer has heard, it looks like Orton will be back on TV soon. All indications are that he's on his way back, says Meltzer, which is also good news because at the end of the year, there were definitely people worried about him. So... He wanted to come back at WrestleMania, though I believe I read a report that Triple H wanted to maybe save him for the Raw after Mania. Randy Orton wanted to not miss WrestleMania this year. So he wanted to be at WrestleMania, and they're going to factor him in in some way, shape, or form, which is great because I personally, and I'm sure you guys feel the same way, miss Randy Orton. As for Matt Riddle, his tag team partner for now, RK Bro Meltzer said, not sure about Riddle. Riddle, you know what the situation with Riddle is. He could come back at any time. I have not heard his name mentioned at all. There have been hints that things are looking good for Orton's return after back fusion surgery last year. Orton is being brought in for WrestleMania weekend. And wrestling bootmaker Jose G. Sanz stated last month that Orton recently contacted him about making boots for his return on the February 11th uh, post- On social media, Psalms wrote, I haven't made them yet, but Randy Orton contacted me via email for his return. Now, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Orton could do something at WrestleMania, but at this point, it seems more likely that when he returns, it would happen sometime after the pay-per-view. I know that's what Triple H wanted. Maybe we get some sort of mingling with him and Matt Riddle at the pay-per-view. Maybe he kick-starts a feud with uh, somebody at the pay-per-view. I don't know. But Randy Orton, man, it is easy to slot Randy Orton in with some you know, on WWE television for something meaningful. Have him turn on Riddle. Let's get Randy Orton back to being a heel. And I would have him, you know, obviously do what he needs to do with Riddle. Finish that up. And then Cody and Randy Orton sells itself. Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes sells itself. And my God, does Monday Night Raw need a top-tier program for Monday night. That could be it. They got so much material to work. It doesn't even need a championship. It doesn't. I don't know if Matt Riddle and Randy Orton are going to be a thing after. They may continue that. For all we know, we don't know. But if they don't, Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes, right out of the gate, It does, even if Cody doesn't win the championship, I'd still love to see it because of the fucking rich history that they have. I mean, that would be fucking Fantastic. For a title, obviously, it would be better. I could see that being a world championship match as well. Randy Orton turning heel, chasing Cody Rhodes as the world champion. I think that would be great, but only time will tell, man. I'm just happy that Orton's not retiring, and I'm glad Orton's going to be back on television because Monday Night Raw severely needs some top-tier talent at the top of that card. Brock Lesnar. Nobody knows what is going on with Brock Lesnar in the WWE outside of the usual suspects. What does this mean? Now, there were reports that Brock Lesnar was telling everybody goodbye and that this would be his last WrestleMania. I don't know if that's true or not, but on the Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer said that whatever is going on with Brock Lesnar is being kept top secret and presumably the only people who know his status after Mania would be people at the very top, Vince McMahon, Nick Khan, and Triple H. Now, obviously, this comes from a PW Insider report recently that, re- that was reported that Lesnar was saying goodbye to people backstage at the Elimination Chamber, And that he was finishing up with the company. That was quickly dumbed down and debunked, which I'm not surprised by. Meltzer was asked about the latest nugget of news on Brock Lesnar's status. Meltzer said the only nugget on Brock is that his stuff is a total secret. Nobody knows what's going on with him. Legitimately, nobody knows. And if Brock Lesnar ends up finishing up with the WWE... And Brock Lesnar is going away for however long. Are you going to miss Brock? I know I'm not. We've seen so much with Brock Lesnar. And everything that WWE has done with Brock Lesnar has been been there, done that. I I don't get that sense with Brock Lesnar on TV. The last time I really got excited about Brock Lesnar is when he gave us that great match with Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. That was tremendous. That was quintessential grade a brock after that i mean even before that what was he doing he, he comes back he does the same thing his matches don't really mean much If anything it's three or four minutes tops he barely works it's like how how much can fans put up with that i know i'm over it you guys gotta be over it there's nothing left for him to do How many times can he win the world championship? How many times can he wrestle Roman? How many times can he go in there and do the same suplex, F5, suplex, F5? I mean, I'm over it. He didn't want to work with Bray. He opted to work with Omos because Vince told him to. The only guy I would really care for him to work with that I would want to see is Gunther, and that is it. I mean, there's nothing else for him to do. So what are we really doing here? The more he comes back, the more it's obviously, and it's obvious now, but it's gonna be even more apparent that he's merely back because WWE is fucking shipping him a boatload of fucking money. How much money is he making a year? Six, seven million a year? Besides the merchandise that he sells and his pay per view bonuses. Brock Lesnar has lost his appeal. Did he lose his value? No. But I don't even think Brock Lesnar's the type of game changer that half of the fucking journalist geeks in the community think he is. It's been there, done that. Let's move on. Roman Reigns is taking a break from WWE this year. This was another bullshit story that people were all uh, talking about this week. WrestleVotes Votes is telling Give Me Sport that Roman Reigns is set for a significant break after WrestleMania. Now, obviously, this got people talking. Oh, Cody Rhodes is winning the world title. That doesn't mean shit. That doesn't mean shit. Roman Reigns took a significant break after WrestleMania last year. What did he do? What did he do? He missed Money in the Bank. He didn't do much of anything on TV until SummerSlam. The build with Brock, what What was it, three weeks? They announced the match at Money in the Bank. How many times were they on TV together to build that match? What type of story was there for them to build? Nothing. How many pay-per-views did he wrestle after WrestleMania, did he wrestle at Backlash? Let me let me see. I don't think he wrestled at back, WWE Backlash 2022. Let me see. Did Roman wrestle at Backlash last year? I don't think he did. No. No, the main event. The main event. Uh, yes, he did wrestle. I'm sorry. He wrestled in a 6 man tag team match. He wrestled with Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso against Drew McIntyre and RK Bro. Fine, he wrestled there. He didn't defend the title. So he wrestled there. He missed. Money in the bank, and he didn't really do anything uh, until SummerSlam. So he took a significant break regardless. So Backlash happened after WrestleMania. He did that match, did what he needed to do. He missed Money in the Bank, and then he wrestled again at SummerSlam. WWE gave Roman Reigns a significant break after WrestleMania last year, and the same thing is going to happen this year. He'll probably wrestle in Puerto Rico at Backlash this year, and he'll do the same thing he did in 2022. So taking a break this year doesn't mean, oh, Roman Reigns is going to drop the title. Oh, Roman Reigns is going to drop the title to Cody Rhodes, and Cody Rhodes is going to be the new guy on Monday night, and we're going to have a champion back on Monday night. I don't I don't think that's the case. Roman Reigns is already working a fucking part-time schedule. How many times has Roman Reigns been on TV in this WrestleMania? It's, it's almost like he appears and then takes three weeks off. That's a significant break for me. Roman Reigns is going to get a break no matter. He's already signed the contract for less dates, which gives him significant breaks whenever he wants. As long as WWE has use for him at major shows, Backlash, Crown Jewel, or whatever the case may be in Saudi, May he'll be used because there's two major international shows in May. I know Puerto Rico's not an international show, but I'm going to call it as such because it's... Something that WWE hasn't done in 19 years. Saudi, Puerto Rico, and then for the rest of that time, you know, I don't know what they do for money in the bank. They're not going to need him for money in the bank. They didn't need him last year going to SummerSlam. Goodbye. Roman Reigns can take all the time off he needs. And that's exactly what's going to happen. And this is not like the bloodline of last year. We got Jay Uso operating on a different level. We got Jimmy Uso operating on a different level. We got... Paul Heyman there. I mean, if Paul Heyman is there, you know you're going to get some great story out of it. Solo's now added to the act. He wasn't in the bloodline last year up until Clash of the Castle. The bloodline is bigger, better, stronger than ever. And they, if they are without Roman, I mean, it's a little bit more easy for them on TV because they have now all elevated their game as well. Is it a big deal? Do you want your championship on Monday night? So do I. But WWE was going to offset that by calling up people from NXT and continue building the United States title. We don't know who's getting called up from NXT. We're getting Cameron Grimes. We could get a couple of ladies. Braun Breaker's going to get called up. Jay White may be on Monday. Not Raw for all we know is a free agent signing into WWE with the rumors around that he's out there free. Who knows? AJ Styles is on his way back. Randy Orton's on his way. What the fuck do we need Roman Reigns for? Who gives a shit? Now, the problem is, yes, there's no world champion on Monday night. But this is not any, any normal world championship title reign. This is not something to fucking sneeze at. It's a 1,000 fucking days. May, Puerto Rico, will be right around the time that Roman Reigns reaches 1,000 days. Of course that's going to happen. I can't see WWE taking the belt off of Roman Reigns right before his 1,000 days. Yeah, we just put it on Cody but you're 50 fucking days away. You can't last 50 fucking days. You know, the WWE loves their big round numbers. Oh, oh that's one with three zeros. You, you know they love their fucking numbers. Cody shouldn't win anyway. Oh, J.D., how could you say Cody can't win? We, we Roman is boring. Roman's had his time. I don't give a fuck. What has Cody done on TV to show you that he's struggled? Nothing. Oh, but he wrestled with a torn peck. I don't give a fuck about his torn peck. It happened back in May, last year. I don't care. But what about Stardust? I don't care. This is Cody now. What has Cody done from January to now? Nothing. Stop living in the fucking past. That's not enough for me to sit here and say... Cody Rhodes, I bestow you the WWE title. No. Not with the historic reign Roman Reigns is on. And by the way, let's show Roman Reigns some respect. Because this is a man that we all universally hated. Changed his game completely. And now is the biggest fucking draw in the business. The greatest final boss possibly ever in WWE. And has not shown any signs of weakness or any signs of Oh, Roman needs to lose that title. Just like the CM Punk thing, when I said CM Punk is best for AEW television, it applies to this as well. Roman has not done anything to be in a situation where people are looking at him and, ah, he needs to lose. No. Garen fucking to you. I guarantee you, when Cody wins that title, if Cody wins that title at WrestleMania, I guarantee you, the way WWE books babyface champions, that shit flounders in two months. Guaranteed. They failed with McIntyre, they failed with whoever it was before McIntyre, and they're going to fail with Cody. It, it just, it's in their DNA. Happens in AEW, they can't book babyfaces. WWE can't book babyface champions. That's why they have the titles on Roman, because Roman is fucking bulletproof. You can't fuck up with Roman. Triple H is not certain on the biggest WrestleMania decisions. My imaginary watch says that we're 5 days out and he doesn't have any concrete plans for WrestleMania. I call bullshit. Now this is coming from WrestleVotes via Give Me Sport. Obviously with Roman and Cody being the biggest match at WrestleMania, WrestleVotes is reporting that Triple H hasn't fully decided on who's going to win. Russell Votes says on Twitter, and I quote: "I'm told this is contingent on if or when Roman eventually loses the titles. As of now, those plans are now not certain." Russell Votes tweeted as well that Roman Reigns is reportedly, like I mentioned before, set to take a significant break from WWE after WrestleMania. However, the new notes here from Russell Votes explains that Reigns will only take a long break if he loses the Undisputed Universal Title which, as noted, has not been fully decided yet. Fightful Select provided an update, noting that the talent that they've spoken to within WWE says that across the board, they have not been filled in on WrestleMania winners or losers yet. Despite the event happening in five days, the report notes that it is common within the company to not know the results this far out ahead of the shows. Now, when this was reported, it was 11 days, and... I don't really know what to think on this. The only thing that really runs through my mind is two things. Number one, uh, why would anybody know the winners and losers? Uh, Why why would Fightful know? Why would WrestleVotes know? Like, you you don't want the the results for your biggest show of the year to be out there floating around on on social media. If WWE has things planned like like they should, like Triple H should, if Vince McMahon's not fucking whispering in his ear about what to do, then those plans will probably be revealed the day of the show to whomever needs to know them. Just to the spare spoilers or anything of such getting out to the dirt sheets, which is completely understandable. Do I believe WWE has no winners or losers planned as of this as of this time? I don't believe that story. It's more than likely being kept secret, so we avoid spoilers, okay? Number two, do they have an idea... Of who's going to win Cody versus Roman. Maybe. I don't know. But maybe not. Is this something Triple H is going to have a sole decision in? Is this something that's going to have a collaborative effort from Vince McMahon and Triple H? I I don't know. Most of the bloodline, you know, believe it or not. I don't want to give him any fucking credit or his just desserts here. But to be fair... Most of the bloodline stuff happened with Vince McMahon. Like this version of Roman happened under Vince McMahon's watch. So I'm here to tell you that Triple H is not going to be the sole proprietary source for who's going to win and who's going to lose at WrestleMania. It's obviously going to be a factor of what Vince McMahon feels as well because most of this bloodline shit happened when Vince McMahon was still in charge. So you know he's going to have some sort of say. That's number one. Number two, Triple H enhanced the Sami Zayn portion of the storyline. And even then, Triple H said that he discusses creative with Vince McMahon anyway. But Triple H did take Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and that storyline arc and kind of enhance it through the bloodline as well. So that's what he did. I genuinely believe that this was a collaborative effort on a lot of people's parts, okay? Okay. Vince will be involved in the decision. If Vince is involved in the decision, how many times before this have we said, oh, Roman's Roman's days are numbered. This has got to be it. If Vince is involved, Roman has the greatest chance of retaining the title than if it was only a Triple H decision. Now, we've heard reports that Triple H doesn't want the Universal Championship. He wanted to cancel the Universal Championship and only have one title, right? He, he wanted to get rid of it. And there was a report here that Triple H has a one-year roadmap for creative after WrestleMania. Let me get to that. Triple H has a one-year roadmap for creative after WrestleMania. And this is coming from a Wrestling Observer article that he has plans in place for WWE heading into 2024. They have a year of post-mania plans, says Dave Meltzer. This is not something where we're going to do WrestleMania and then the creative team, Hunter, is going to wake up and be like, where the fuck are we going now? What are we going to do now? End quote. If we are to believe that they don't know who's going to win Roman versus Cody, then how do we have a year-long roadmap for creative after WrestleMania if we don't know who the fuck is going to be the champion after WrestleMania. So that kind of contradicted itself. These reports kind of intertwined and contradicted themselves from Meltzer and Russell votes. But then I just go back to what I said. They may have a winner and a loser planned already, and they're not going to fucking let you know about what's going on there because they don't want to have potential spoilers leak out for their biggest show of the year. So who the fuck knows what to believe? Does Triple H have a roadmap? Probably. I mean, but you really can't realistically think that he's got a year-long roadmap because we don't really know. We don't really know what's going to—injuries happen, you know, anything can happen in a year. So it's great to think about where you want to go. It's great to have an end result, but the end result might not be the same as you're thinking about it now when you get to WrestleMania in Philadelphia for WrestleMania 40. So, I mean, a lot of these bullshit reports, that's exactly all they are. They're bullshit. They get people talking, and they get people speculating, and they get people to visit the websites and drive traffic to WrestleGeeks and Wrestling Observer, but it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Do I think WWE has winners and losers set? More than likely. Will they probably change? That's the better question. How many of those winners and losers are going to change come WrestleMania, Saturday and Sunday. What is their current plan now, and how much of that is going to change on Saturday? That's the bigger fucking question. So we'll see what happens. Triple H is also planning many surprises for the Raw after WrestleMania. Give Me Sport via WrestleVotes, again, provided an update on Triple H's plans for the show, noting that the routine of multiple surprises is not what is planned for the show. WrestleVotes says, and I quote, I would bet money that the majority of surprises are going to be within the storylines on the show as opposed to debuts. As long as it's something fresh. Because, my God. First of all, Raw After Mania hasn't felt like the Raw After Mania in many, many years. Vince kind of gave up on that. And the reason why Vince killed the essence of Raw After Mania was because it was a smart mark crowd. And, I mean, he he didn't like that at all. Triple H is going to actually play into that. That's why I can't wait for Raw After Mania. Uh, They don't want to go down that road. I don't think that will happen. Russell votes didn't completely rule out debuts, specifically naming Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona, as a return that we could see. They added, I think you might get one debut. I think you might get Zack Ryder. I think you may get an NXT call-up. But I don't think five, six, or seven people are showing up because that's just not the reality. If you bring in 10 people to a roster that can't even use everybody right now, you have to look at what you are doing, end quote. And they are right. WWE has got a loaded roster right now. Could they use more names on Monday? Sure. They could certainly use more names on Monday, and they could certainly use more names on Friday. I mean, if you want to split five and five to give the shows a different feel, fine, mix it with some NXT call-ups, mix it with some free agency. Fine. I think that's great. Monday Night Raw needs something. We got the rumor returns of AJ Styles. We got the rumor return of Randy Orton coming back to Monday Night Raw. Who knows if Cody's going to be a champion on Monday? Is he going to beat Roman? Is he going to retain the titles, Roman, and take them back to SmackDown? We don't know. We don't know. Where are Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens going to go when they win the tag team championships? I I don't know. But you got Randy Orton, AJ Styles. Those guys are going to add a lot to Monday Night Raw. Cameron Grimes is already slated for a main roster call-up. He changed his entire look and physique. Braun Breaker's dropping the title to Carmelo Hayes. He's getting called up. After Monday Night Raw as well. We may see Casey and Caden Carter over on Monday or Friday night as well. Somebody else, potentially, Roxanne Perez could get called up. I don't know. Jay White's out there. His name is heavy in the free agent market. Zach Ryder, Matt Cardona. He's out there. He's given clues and hints that he wants to come back and basically said he's been working his way back to the WWE. So who the fuck knows? I mean, the more that they add, yes, it's going to push people off of television that are currently there right now, but WWE needs something new and something fresh. Is it a problem? Potentially, but it is a bad problem to have? No. No. I think they've done a very good job of utilizing talents in and out that circulate on television. Some weeks you don't see somebody, then the next couple weeks you see uh, those, those people return and vice versa. It's a nice revolving door. Of talent on Monday and Friday night, so I think it's a good problem to have. But that's the whole—that's that's what everybody expects on the Raw after They expect these returns and surprises and call ups. There's got to be at least some of that. I'm not expecting fucking five, six, seven people, but I'm expecting at least some of that. Give me one major free agent name. Give me Braun Breaker. Uh, give me something, something. And I'm sure we're going to get that something on Monday. But the most important thing to me, like WrestleVote says, is story. Where is, what's the next big storyline that's going to end at WrestleMania or if it's going to continue from WrestleMania and how it's going to progress into the season after WrestleMania? That's the most interesting thing for me after WrestleMania. Moving on. Bray Wyatt, his WWE status remains unclear. Who gives a shit? Wyatt has disappeared from WWE television, so has Bobby Lashley, and the company is no longer pushing Wyatt vs. Lashley at WrestleMania, as it was previously reported that Wyatt has had a physical issue. The latest report noted that Wyatt is dealing with an illness. I told you guys that it's more than likely COVID-related, and it stems from a heart issue. On last week's SmackDown, WWE did have an Easter egg, guys. there was a Bray Wyatt logo, Seen backstage during an LA Night segment, I missed it, but I saw it on social media. Monday's RAW had no mention of Lashley or Wyatt while speaking with, while speaking with Bray uh, or while speaking with Dave Meltzer rather, not Bray on the Wrestling Observer Radio. Dave Meltzer noted that nobody knows what is going on with Wyatt right now, as there wasn't a mention of Wyatt or Lashley on RAW. Meltzer is still not confirmed whether the match is off the WrestleMania card, but it's not looking likely. He says, and I quote. Man, nobody knows what's going on there. Not a mention of Bray all night. Not a mention of Bobby Lashley all night. Yeah, I mean, it looks like to me, I don't want to say it looks like he's off the show, but it looks like he's off the show because they are not mentioning his name at all. They did a little flash with Bray Wyatt on Friday's show, so he's obviously still with the company. There was another video where they showed him briefly, so it's not like he's been scrubbed completely, He was supposed to be at the show Friday night. Whatever it is, it's a health issue, and the health issue hasn't cleared up. If they were confident that it was, they would have at least have Bobby Lashley out there doing promos and stuff, end quote. Brian Alvarez threw out the idea of having Uncle Howdy be the backup plan for Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania in case Wyatt can't go, and Lashley beats Howdy, and WWE can do Lashley versus Wyatt later on. Sounds like an awful idea, and it sounds like it's completely beneath Bobby Lashley, and why would you... I mean, if you throw Uncle Howdy out there... I mean, is Uncle Howdy gonna beat Bobby Lashley? I mean, if Bobby Lashley squashes Uncle Howdy, what does that say about Bray Wyatt and and the whole fucking Uncle Howdy mystique? It's like we wasted seven months of our fucking life trying to figure out who this guy is. He gets thrown into a match and gets squashed by Bobby Lashley because he's a last-minute replacement for Bray Wyatt. That sounds awful. Who the fuck wants that? I don't give a shit if Bray Wyatt's not on the show. Who gives a fuck? Everything regarding Bray Wyatt sucked up until this point. Everything. Everything that we loved died in December. As soon as we got to the Royal Rumble, like a fucking plane crashing down into an open field. Fucking engulfed in flames. That's all it was. As soon as that pitch black match happened, it was awful. Absolutely awful. And there is nobody that will convince me otherwise that Vince McMahon is not booking shit for Bray Wyatt. We, we got the return of the puppets and the funhouse and Muscle Man Malcolm or whatever the fucking Muscle Man fucking Wyatt, the Muscle Man dance, whatever the fuck his name is. What happened to all the lore and the mystique and the fucking different Bray Wyatt presentation that we got? Now we went back to the old shit? I, I can't imagine... All of what we saw leading to Bray Wyatt's finality of WrestleMania should have been the final fucking phase of this Wyatt story. All of a sudden, it went away. You mean to tell me that all of this led to Bobby Lashley? Just ask yourself. All of this led to Bobby Lashley. Yeah, yeah, that's a great plan. No, it was a Vince McMahon plan that he came up with in the last fucking three weeks. You break. Are you going to miss Wyatt at WrestleMania? No. The only thing people are thinking about is how failed the whole gimmick is, and how Wyatt needs a complete redo and a reset because it sucks so badly. How the mighty have fallen. And WWE just let go of one of the main writers that was working with Bray Wyatt. Again, a coincidence? I think not. Rey Mysterio considered retiring at WrestleMania this year. Russell WrestleVotes told Give Me Sport that Rey Mysterio discussed retiring from wrestling with Triple H, at WrestleMania goes Hollywood. However, it appears things have changed. At one point, it was discussed that Rey Mysterio would retire at WrestleMania. But I don't think next weekend is his last match, regardless of the Hall of Fame. Up until this point, Rey Mysterio's retirement from wrestling has yet to be brought up on television as part of his storyline. This storyline kind of reinvigorated him a little bit. Obviously, he's working with his son. So I don't know if he agreed to do another full year let's say, and retire at 40. I don't know if he's going to drag this out with Dom until they feel like it's complete, end quote. Rey Mysterio is not retiring at WrestleMania. Would it be a perfect retirement to follow, you know, all this to lead to a match with his son at WrestleMania and then retire? Sure. I mean, that's... I mean, you can't fucking script a book better than that, but... Maybe we get this continuing. Maybe they take it to another level and we get a retirement match and a mask versus career type of match at WrestleMania. Or career versus something at WrestleMania. I don't know. But Rey Mysterio, I mean, he doesn't work like he wants to retire. He's moving around pretty well at his age. I don't know why he would unless he just wants to completely just move on to something else and give up pro wrestling. I think that man loves especially with his son there. That's the, that's the part that you really into. is his son is now growing as a performer. He's obviously going to want to be around for that. Why would he want to be away from that? If anything, his son is keeping him in the business and keeping him on TV as an active performer more than he would like. And there's no better reason to be on TV than your son thriving and growing as a performer of his own. This story caught a little fire this week as well. WWE apparently had a segment that was reshot on Monday because the word wrestling was used. How many times have I said Vince McMahon was back in charge and nobody believed me? Sure. I'll get to this. This is going to be, I mean, people are so fucking stupid in the community. I'm not talking about you guys, but people are so fucking stupid in the community that they gave me the most lamest excuse that you could possibly ever hear from somebody's mouth about why Vince is not in charge and why this is fake and why Melch is fake. So Vince McMahon, the story about Vince McMahon, you know, being back obviously took steam after he wiped out the board of directors and is elbowing his way back in. He sat in Gorilla because John Cena was there. He's there to visit John Cena. Then we come to find out that he was wearing the fucking headset all night. Sure thing. Obviously, when he was running Creative, he had a list of banned words that wrestlers, superstars, or on-air talent couldn't use. Last August, after Triple H took over Creative, once Vince McMahon resigned from his duties, it was reported that the two terms that have been banned by Vince McMahon were now cleared for usage on TV, and they include wrestling and wrestler. After McMahon returned to the company in January as executive chairman of the board... There have been speculations as to when he would take back over creative. Fans and talent uneasy about this possibility had another scare when Vince McMahon was backstage at a recent Raw event there to visit John Cena, which I knew was bullshit because it was then later revealed that he was there sitting in Gorilla the entire show with a headset on. The fuck does he have a headset on for if he's not acting as part of the fucking production team? In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that there was a WWE star who had to redo a pre-taped interview from Monday's Raw because they said the word wrestling. Now, if Vince wasn't backstage, who gives a shit? Like who, who stopped this from happening in the moment that it was being recorded? You mean to tell me they said the word wrestling and they stopped it to do a redo. Why? Who stopped them? Triple H? Did Kevin Dunn automatically walk by and hear it? Did Bruce Prichard catch wind of it down the hallway? Who the fuck, who told them to redo this segment because the word wrestling was used? Unless, unless plans and and, and terms changed, and and they didn't know, and they're basically telling the, the roster who's in charge again because they can't say this fucking word that was clearly used back in August and September. I remember a Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre segment where they wrestled on Monday Night Raw where they said wrestling and wrestler on Monday night. Remember that? I do. Pepperidge Farm remembers. I fucking remember it. Meltzer pointed out that Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes used the term pro-wrestler or wrestling During that promo segment on the same show to build up to that WrestleMania match, Meltzer wrote that this was a pre-tape interview on the 320 Raw where somebody used the term wrestling and they had to redo. Fans ran with this and, and said Meltzer was lying and this report was bullshit, but Meltzer mentioned, Meltzer pointed out the same excuse that the fans were using when people like me claimed that Vince McMahon is back in charge or his influence is now heavily more involved than it was before. Which clearly it is because this wouldn't be a thing or a story and this wouldn't be a redo if his, his essence, if his influence wasn't backstage. Oh, but Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes said wrestling. Vince is not in charge. Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes could take a steaming dual dump in the middle of the ring. Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns could commit cold-blooded murder in the middle of the ring, and it will be swept under the rug. You mean to tell me that Vince McMahon is going to scold Roman Reigns for anything he says on the show? Cody Rhodes for anything on the show. They can do and say whatever the fuck they want. They're not Mustafa Ali. If Mustafa Ali was out there saying pro wrestler, he'd probably be fucking future-endeavored. That's not a legitimate excuse to use in an argument trying to persuade people to think Vince McMahon's not in charge. He absolutely is in charge, and nobody is saying anything because they don't want the cover to be blown. Who had them redo this segment? Who had them re... If Vince McMahon is not backstage... If Vince McMahon has no say in anything, why are they asking this anonymous wrestler to redo a segment because they said wrestling? I mean, you guys can't be that stupid, can you? The writing is on the wall. When Sap or somebody else tells you Vince McMahon's not in charge, just look at this story and think about what I told you. And think about all the other things that have happened before this about Vince McMahon and how he's elbowed his way back into the company. And then tell me Vince McMahon's not in charge. I mean, we could be looking at fucking Vince McMahon in charge completely when the WWE is sold, come the summertime, and everything I just told you will be absolutely 100% factual information. Naomi. 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 She may have a new name revealed in a new trademark filing after telling fans she is no longer with the WWE. Real name Trinity Fatu, seemingly preparing for her next move in pro wrestling. Good. She walked out of WWE alongside Mercedes Monet in May 2022 due to creative differences with Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard and John Laurinaitis. Since then, her WWE status has been up in the air, while Monet is currently the IWGP Women's Champion. It's past January. Brian Alvarez reported that Naomi is expected to return to WWE, which I believed. I even pitched Naomi to win the Royal Rumble and wrestle Charlotte at WrestleMania. Now, while Dave Meltzer reported the same week, she was in talks with WWE. Nothing has been signed, or nothing has changed as her current status. In late February. Cameron, her former tag team partner, Ariane Andrew, claimed that Naomi underwent shoulder surgery, and that's why she hadn't returned to the WWE. Naomi is slated to appear at WrestleCon, which is not a WWE-sponsored event, during WrestleMania weekend in LA on Saturday, April 1, and Sunday, April 2. On Thursday, Naomi posted an ad for her upcoming WrestleCon appearance, And in the comments, a user asked if she was still in WWE, and Naomi responded, no, friend. On March 20th, Naomi filed a trademark through Michael E. Dawkins, who secures countless pro wrestler trademarks for the term Trinity Star with two R's with a United States Patent and Trademark Office. Um, Obviously, she trademarked it through the uh, USPTO uh, for now it's listed only for merchandise purposes and not for entertainment purposes. Mark for Trinity Star trademark registration is intended to cover the categories of hats, shirts, sweatshirts, hooded sweatshirts, etc. This may be revealed as the new ring name for Trinity moving forward. Good. Good. I'm glad if she's out and away from WWE, good on her for making that decision. She's been there for how long she's been there? 15, 16 years? She's done enough. And really, I'm going to say the same thing about Mercedes going back. Now, as uh, I said it about her, why would Naomi go back to the W? What has changed? What has changed that WWE is going to do any different with Naomi? No, in fact, things have gotten worse since, since they've both left. And maybe they know something that we, as a community, I know it. Maybe they know something that the general consensus don't know. If Naomi was so wanting to go back and Triple H was running this women's division and it was flourishing, right? Why would she go back? Is she worried about who's there? Is she worried about a potential sale of the company? There's a lot of uncertainty there. There's a lot of uncertainty there, which a lot of people really aren't playing into. Whatever she does, we here at OTS are going to support Naomi. Alexa Bliss, She reveals that she had uh, a health issue that has kept her off WWE TV. Uh, The former women's champion on Twitter revealed that she had skin cancer. And there was a spot on her face that got worse after getting a biopsy. She was told that she had basal cell carcinoma. Her tweet reads as follows. Thank you. Don't worry. Short healing time. Always get your skin checked. Especially if you are in the sun or use tanning beds. There was a spot on my face that had gotten worse. So I went to get biopsy was basal cell carcinoma during my procedure. Doc also found other squam- squamous cells was a quick and easy procedure. Glad I get my skin checked. Smile emoji. We wish Alexa Bliss nothing but the best. Get back to TV soon. WW, I, I mean that genuinely. I'm glad that she's 100%, but uh, come back to TV. Uh, I mean, hopefully, hopefully you guys read through the sarcasm there. Do we need Alexa? The fuck do I care? Keep her off TV. Cancer free. WWE reportedly unhappy with NXT crowd reactions. Talent and staff ask to bring friends and family to shows. <laughs> oh, man. Man, you know, I-, I always claim that NXT is the worst show on television, man. How, how much more can they fucking embarrass themselves? you fucking serious? Bring your friends and family to uh, NXT and the Performance Center, man, because we can't have the real fans booing the likes of Braun Breaker, our world champion, and chanting, Boring! Apparently, that's what upset WWE, if you guys have watched NXT, which I don't blame you if you don't. Apparently, Braun Breaker was feuding with Shinder Mahal! Believe it or not, Jinder, don't hinder the Jinder on NXT. Uh, They were cheering Jinder Mahal over Braun Break. Apparently this uh, upset WWE so badly that they need the talent to bring friends and family to the show now. As if that's gonna fix whatever is uh, the problem with NXT. Uh, Meltzer wrote that WWE sent a notice to all of the talent and crew that they should strongly encourage their friends and family in Central Florida to attend NXT at the Performance Center to help bring energy to the crowd in the final shows leading up to Stand and Deliver. Apparently, the newsletter cited the crowds that the NXT shows are down and they've been unhappy with the crowd reactions. NXT tapings are free, but to get in, you have to sign up on a list. Meltzer noted that the notice was sent out for the shows taped on 321, which also the go-home show, which was also the go-home taping, because they also taped the show on 328. The crowd fatigue may be seen as another sign that they need to get out on the road for some TV taping. However, the reason why they tape at the PC is because it obviously is something that they own and it's cost-effective. You know, NXT has more than just the crowd as being a problem. Are we really just focusing on on this as to why fans are unhappy? First of all, the crowd sucks. That crowd is legitimately... I, I mean... I would be genuinely curious. The only reason I would even entertain going to an NXT show is to potentially, you know, sit there and just feel the vibe for myself and see what it's like. Because I I, I did attend a set of four tapings at Full Sail uh, a while back, uh, way way back when when times were good. And the only reason I would sit there at this PC crowd is to just kind of feel what it is there in person and to uh, basically see if anybody fucking recognizes me in that small-ass fucking crowd at, at the Performance Center, uh, just to get my own uh, rocks off and for shits and giggles. But the crowd is awful. The crowd is awful. This is not the same crowd as Black and Gold. This is not the same crowd as Full sale. You never heard these problems happening at Full sale University. Why? Because the shows were great! These people... These people, I don't believe, I don't believe how people defend this fucking shit. This show is live every fucking week, and it's not eliciting the reaction that WWE wants. Meanwhile, WWE taped NXT one time a month, and they taped four shows in one setting. And the crowd was never manufactured the crowd was never fucking piped in. They never altered any crowd or crowd chance. The crowd from taping one, I was there. I sat there. And the energy was the same from taping one all the way to taping number four. Why was this not a problem back in the day? And all of a sudden now it's a problem in the current NXT. Because the show sucks. That's why. The show is written like it's fucking—the show looks like it's written for the fucking Sesame Street audience, number one. I mean, the gimmicks are fucking terrible. The writing is awful. I mean, I got people defending this shit to me on social media when I claim NXT sucks. I mean, some people say this is the best TV show on your wrestling weekend or, or, or for your wrestling week. What the fuck are you watching? This show's better than SmackDown? This show's better than AEW Dynamite? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, forgive me for not giving a shit what color pajamas Wendy Chu is wearing this week or who's cheating on Brooks Jensen and who's going out with Kiana James or who's buying roses for Kiana James. I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm sorry, man. I, I, I don't find that entertaining. I find that to be fucking boring. That is awful. How could you, I watch, listen, I watch it every week just because I need to watch it. I don't cover it, but I watch it. I watch it. I fall asleep half the fucking time. I gotta fucking catch up on it sometime when I'm on the train going to the gym, or if I'm sitting here at the office, fucking doing nothing. I got it on in the background. I watch it. I keep up to date. There are talents that I like on that show. I like Bron Breaker, uh, obviously Carmelo, my guy Tony D, Tony D'Angelo, Die Jack. Right? You got uh, Tyler Bate. You got Ilya Dragunov. You got J D McDonough. Who else? You got Nikita Lyons, you got Tiffany Stratton, Cora Jade, and Roxanne Perez. There are talents on the show that I adore dearly. There are talents on that show that would fit like a glove on the old black and gold at full sale. But the writing sucks. Maybe Shawn Michaels doesn't know which way to write because he's fucking cross-eyed. But the show is garbage. There's more than just the crowd reactions that are a problem at, full, at, uh, at this performance center. They need to get the fuck out of there. That's what they need to do. Well, they need to start paying people to come there. Maybe you'd get people that actually want to be there. Because most of these fucking hicks down in South Florida who wrestle alligator and fucking eat frog's legs for dinner every fucking night, these are the same fucking people that go there because there's nothing else to do on a Tuesday evening. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Go gator hunting? Yeah, fucking break. Shit sucks. NXT is a joke. Garbage. Moving on. AEW star Miro declined to lose a battle royale and has not been booked in months. Miro finds himself in a very peculiar situation on AEW. He's over with the fans. People have high expectations. Want to see him on TV. But he hasn't been on TV and only had four matches in 2022. The last time we saw him, I believe, was at Full Gear. No, not even Full Gear. Before that. Going into Full Gear. September, I believe, he was on TV. In the latest edition of the Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that AEW President Tony Khan pitched an idea for Miro, who's currently in Bulgaria. Full Gear would have seen Miro lose a battle royal after making it to the final 2 with Hangman Adam Page but Miro didn't like it and nixed the creative plan for himself. Meltzer wrote Tony Khan had pitched an idea for him in September for full gear. One thing he turned down was losing a battle royal where he and Adam Page would have been the last two. Khan said that after the pay-per-view they tried they would try and get back and obviously his name hasn't been mentioned since then. Miro has 3 years left, 3 years left on his AEW contract currently so Miro dumbed down an idea for a battle royal with with uh Adam Page he told Tony Khan nah yeah listen TK that's not for me man I'm just gonna go back to Bulgaria Uh, you come up with something better for me and then maybe we'll talk that's what Dave Meltzer saying so He turned down this idea, but when Vince McMahon presented Miro or Rusev with the idea that he'd be a cuck in a feud with Bobby Lashley where Lana would be making out with Bobby Lashley and Lana would get married to Bobby Lashley, Lana in bed with sexual fantasies with Bobby Lashley. When Miro's wife, Lana, his real-life wife, Lana... Cucked him out on television. That was okay, but in a final two situation with Adam Page going into full gear, no, nah, yeah, I, listen, I can't do that. Maybe if my wife CJ was on TV and she cucked me out on television, then maybe I'd think about it, TK. So when you come up with that cuck storyline, maybe we'll talk business. Are you fucking serious? I don't, bl- I don't believe what I read half the fucking time. I really don't. So, what we learned here today, folks, is that Miro would love to be a cock, but he doesn't want to lose to Adam Hangman Page. Great job there, bro. Maybe you should stay in Bulgaria. And finally, mercedes Monet. Apparently, the door is open for Mercedes to make a return to WWE if she gives up certain points that she had asked for when they were renegotiating her deal. So some fans are still holding out hope that Mercedes will return to W. Well, I don't understand why you people. I, I don't understand why you people want Mercedes to go back to the WWE. What is over there for her? What is she going to do? Charlotte's running rampant on on SmackDown talking about nepotism and her 14 title reigns and how everybody throws bricks at her house and she's got to be the one to build the the house back up and she's built this division and I got to hear about the the self-fucking-gloating of Charlotte every fucking week and then you got Asuka dancing around like a fucking geek, right? Right? And you got Bianca Belair, who everybody loves, but is in the worst fucking storylines. And then you got Becky Lynch. Now, you want Mercedes to go back to that, right? You want Mercedes to go back to it. Why? What is there for her? Meltzer stated in the Wrestling Observer newsletter that the stardom match that she has is her final match with Road, So, Monet's deal with Road will expire after her latest starter match coming up in April. Meltzer added that the door for Monet to return to WWE is open if she's willing to give up. Asking for certain points that she wanted when in talks with WWE while away from the company and before she got her release. From the WWE side, we were told that there were points that she had asked for that she would have to give up asking for to sign a deal with them, but the door is open for her otherwise. The only thing that she asked for was to be paid more like Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. Are they going to do that? If the answer is yes, then she should be back. She stated and has been very, very adamant about it. I will go where the bag is. And the bag, honestly, should be paid for her services. If you don't think that she's worth more money than Becky and Charlotte, then I don't know what the fuck we're doing even talking to the woman. Now, I do believe that Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis, the old administration, fucked her over. And I have within good reason to know that. Mercedes was negotiating with them, and then there was a lapse in communication to a point where when Triple H tried to get involved, it was too late. She already made her decision. She was gone. I don't think she negotiated with Triple H because I do think if Triple H and and Sasha sat down together, she'd be back. But by that time, the decision was made. Why does she want to go back there now anyway? There's nothing that this woman can do to make that division better, and they know, they know, that company knows they're not going to do anything to change what they have currently on TV right now, and they know that they just want her to want her. They're not going to want her to build a division. This is the same fucking company that said Sasha has peaked. Meanwhile, she just had one of the best women's matches in the last 10 years with Kyrie in her first match away from WWE, and she's got the foundation built for her to make a fucking difference wherever she goes for women's wrestling. Why would she want to go back? What does she ask for? What does she need to give up? Give up wanting to be better? Give up wanting to be the face of the division? Give up wanting to be the one that they build a fucking company around? Give up asking for more money? She can do this and make just as much, if not more money, away from WWE, so why go back? I hope she doesn't go back, at least for now. Where will she go after April? I don't know. Does Tony Khan bring her in? I don't know. That's going to that's gonna cause a whole nother shitstorm. Does she go to AEW? Is she the one to make the change? Are they going to change the way that they book their women's division with Mercedes there? I don't know. I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, both major United States promotions don't do wrestling, women's wrestling rather, the way that it needs to be. Anyway, guys, that's all I got for you. There's no cucking on this show. Miro is a cuck. Especially in WWE. I'm not saying he's legitimately a cuck, but... I mean, what a ridiculous fucking demand. Oh, I can't lose to Adam Page, but I willingly told Vince McMahon that I'd be cucked out by Bobby Lashley and Lana, my real-life wife, on TV as I pop out of a wedding cake. Fucking ridiculous. Anyway, guys, I thank you guys for joining me on the podcast tonight, man. I hope you enjoyed what you heard here tonight. Tonight, sponsored by The Ridge. Go get yourself a Ridge wallet, man. You got literally legitimately a couple of hours left, uh, less than two hours, to go get, go get yourself a Ridge wallet. Make sure you guys go get yourself a Ridge. And I want to thank them for once again supporting the podcast right here on Off The Script. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are celebrating. And not only because, once again, we are sponsored by my beautiful friends over at The Ridge, but tonight... We are celebrating the Ridge and their 10 year anniversary, man. That's 10 years of great reviews, iconic wallets, and you guys know how much I personally love the Ridge. The Ridge is obsessed with making durable, space saving gear that you're actually gonna use every single day. So, stock up on a wallet, go get yourself a key case, go get yourself a ring or a watch. And organize your life every single day a little bit better than yesterday, man. I love the Ridge. Everything about it, I love it. And tonight, it is so special that we are going to give you guys 40% off now through March 26th if you go to Ridge.com slash script. Once again, that's Ridge.com slash script. And you're going to save 40% off for their 10-year anniversary on anything that the ridge offers man how many times have you guys heard me talk about the ridge and how ugly your wallet probably looks i get complimented on my wallet every single time i want to tell you guys a little bit of a story man you know the nicer weather's coming i love to go down to the jersey shore i love to go visit my outdoor beer gardens when i drink my favorite cold beverage outside in the beautiful summer sun i usually have my wallet face up on the countertop so I know that I'm ready to pay for whatever I've ordered. And I get so many people complimenting not only on my wallet, but at the same time, I'm looking at everybody else's wallet. And I'm saying to myself, why don't they have a ridge? Why are their wallets so ugly and bulky and made of cheap leather? And and they're all worn down and decrepit. I mean, why would you want to carry around a wallet like this? Why don't you want to carry around a ridge wallet and make yourself just feel better about yourself. The Ridge is so great, man. Up to 12 cards in this thing you can hold, plus room for cash. There's over 30 different colors, including carbon fiber and burnt titanium. Their wallets have over 50,000 five-star reviews, so you you guys know that you're getting quality. The durable material means each wallet comes with a lifetime warranty. And the Ridge team is so confident that they will actually let you test drive this For 99 days, you can send it back for a full refund if you don't love it. And one of the most important qualities about the Ridge Wallet, it is RFID blocking with RFID blocking technology. So you guys know you are safe from digital pickpockers when you're out and about this summer. It's unbelievable, man. So please, go get yourself a Ridge Wallet, ridge.com slash scripts. Once again, that's ridge.com slash scripts save 40 percent off for their 10-year anniversary and i want to thank my great friends over at the ridge for once again sponsoring today's podcast right here on off the script i want to thank the ridge as always for sponsoring the show tonight thank you guys so very much show your support man go get yourself a while today ridge.com script 50 likes for a thousand guys That's what I love to see, man. I love that energy. 50 likes for 1,000 likes. That's the minimum tonight. Super Chats are open. We're going to get to them in a second. And memberships are still open. Get them on in. So you guys are going to be seated Friday inside my mother's basement, man. Debut opening night, grand opening. Can't wait to uh, show you guys what we've been working on for the last three months. Drew Gooch with a new membership. Drew's going to be in my mother's basement. Thank you, brother. What the fuck are you drinking tonight, man? Lord Jake Coyle with a $5 super chat. My Ridge came in the mail yesterday. It's the best wallet I've ever had. Thanks, JD. That's what I love to hear, Jay. Enjoy it, brother. Thank you so much. Jonathan McArdle with a nineteen-ninety-nine dollars super chat. Hey, JD, just wanted to say that Missouri got hit by a tornado Friday night. Media out. Of Jackson says, several been killed and some are still missing. Thoughts and prayers, please. Yes, Jonathan, I did see that. Thoughts and prayers with my OTS family suffering from that tornado in uh, in Missouri that hit Friday, man. That's awful, awful, awful stuff there. Dylan Cummings with a $5 super chat. Hey, J.D., you are the realest motherfucker in the IWC. Wish you didn't get hate. Comes with the territory, bro. Uh, I have uh, a spare ticket to Forbidden Door. Do you want it for $130 at Dylan on Wheels? Uh, Dylan, uh, I am probably going to sign up for some media tickets if I could uh, find the email. But uh, at Dylan on Wheels on Twitter, hit him up. You heard the men. $130 if you guys want to go to Forbidden Door. Uh, Indigo with a $2 super chat. AJD much respect. Today's my actual birthday. Indigo, you motherfucker, man. Good to see you in the venue. Everybody uh, Everybody in the chat, my, my VIPs, give Indigo some birthday cake emojis in the chat. Happy birthday, brother. Rizzo with a new membership. Rizzo, what the fuck are you drinking tonight, man? Susan D'Ambrosio with 17 months. I just wanted to say cheers. Cheers. To my father up in heaven, it's been three years since you left this earth. I'm trying to be strong and remember the good times. Susan, thoughts and prayers with you in this day of remembrance. Darius Moore with 19 months. What the fuck are you drinking to celebrate, Darius? Hologram with 28 months. Can't wait for my mother's basement on Friday. Also, there's a lot of wrestling this week. I think Supercard of Honor will steal the weekend OTS for life. Yeah, man, I'm torn on what to cover, man. Ring of Honor or or, or SmackDown on Friday. It's tough. I don't know, man. Kenneth Williams with a one-month. Keep up the amazing work, bro. Been watching you for about six years. Kenneth, thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you. Nick Williams with a $5 super chat. I'm I'm so excited to enjoy WrestleMania week with you guys. The fam is praying for rage. I'll try my best to make all the streams, including MMB. Thank you, Nick. DBO with a new membership. DBO, what the fuck are you drinking, DBO? Tank Woe with a $5 super chat. What about a story where Cody loses at Mania to then go into King of the Ring and win to face Roman at SummerSlam as King Cody? Bro, whatever he needs to do. Whatever he needs to do. If that's what he's got to do, let's do it. He needs to struggle a little bit more, man. Three kings with a 499. I don't think Punk was intentionally throwing shade at Moxley. He put over Moxley at the all-out scrum. Punk speaks bluntly, which can rub off that way. He He better not be talking ill will about Moxley. I mean, Moxley was basically... The fucking heart and soul of that company, man. Who knows the way it came off? It was it came off the way he, the, the way he wrote it. I mean, the words are so empty on, on online. You don't know. You don't know what, what his emotion is. Michelle Moran with a two dollars super chat. Sounds like WWE was right about Punk being cancer. I think Punk is an honest man who just gets misinterpreted a lot of the times. Gary Gordon with a $5 super chat. Only thing hurting my mania on Saturday is that the Miami Canes and FAU Owls, both in Final Four, absolutely thrilling story as good as some mania stories. Man, you uh, you lost me at college, uh, college basketball, bro. No, thank you. Jason Barker with a five dollar super What's up, JD? What are you drinking? I have a Liquid Death iced tea, bro. I tried the Liquid Death iced tea for the first time yesterday, man. The Armless Palmer is fantastic. I would love to buy me a case of it, but they only sell them in eight, and they're seventeen dollars on Amazon. A little too expensive for iced tea, man. I spend I I I spend what fifteen dollars for the uh, regular seltzers, and they get and they get twelve in a case. Hope WrestleMania was very fruitful for reactions and stories going way into next mania. Yeah. I hope so too. No Triple H he's got something planned. Who the Ops within eight months. AJD. Sadly, I relapsed last night by taking Oxy after being sober for three years. Gonna have to go back to rehab. Please send prayers from the OT. That's that's awful Who the Ops. I'm praying for you, brother. We're all human, man. We're all human. Don't beat yourself too too much over it. Thoughts and prayers in the venue, man. For uh, Huda ops, eight months. Michelle Moran with a five dollar super chat. If Cody doesn't win at Mania, do you trust creative enough to build him up over the summer, especially with Vince being around, to finally beat Roman at Summerslam? I don't trust this company uh, at all. I, I, I don't. Even with Triple H supposedly in charge, I don't. I don't trust them. Always something shady going on. Tay, the savior of the four ninety nine. I don't believe Brock is leaving WWE yet. I believe he will resign and beat Omas. Emerald Lord with twelve months. Twelve months. Damn, keep it up. Awesome work, brother. Much love from Germany, Emerald. Thank you so much, man. Hopefully, we'll see you in my mother's basement. Captain Solo with a $2 jab. Miro is a total flake. Get him out. Yes, Miro is also a, a supposed cuck, but... We'll see. Maybe Tony Khan doesn't like cucks on TV. Uh, Cody Snyder with 11 months. Great show, Chief. Goddamn, I want Punk back. Ready to spend WrestleMania week with OTS and ready to enter the basement on Friday. OTS VIP for life. Cody. Thank you so much, brother. Tone C with a $20 super chat. Sipping on ice cold dark and stormies. Love the passion on the show. Shout out to my boy Nacho for putting me on the channel. Nacho. Thank you for bringing us Tone C, brother. Some dark and stormies, man. Sounds good to me. Drizzy Drew with a 4 I think Punk AEW thing is bigger than Brawl Out. Do you think this all started from Punk rejecting the Bucks offer in 2018 and criticizing it back then? I don't know why anybody would harbor ill will from that. He wasn't ready then. He he was he was still in his own feelings then. Let the man grieve the way he wants. He'll when he's ready, he's ready. And Scott Woodford with a 1 month In the venue. Happy Sunday. I'm in charge of WWE Creative. Scott, if you're in charge of WWE Creative, man, we're going to need something to fucking really change in that women's division, man. That shit is awful. That shit is terrible. Anyway, guys, that's all I got for you. I appreciate you hanging out tonight, man, on what was a very fruitful OTS 470 tonight. Remember, we got a big week coming up. We got a big week coming up, man. We got the WrestleMania live stream schedule. Monday, Raw Post. That's tomorrow. Tuesday, Resident Evil 4 live stream. Wednesday, Dynamite. OTS on Thursday. SmackDown on Friday, which is also the debut of My Mother's Basement. Stand and Deliver Watch Along on Saturday at 1 p.m. WrestleMania Night 1 post on Saturday, WrestleMania Night 2 post on Sunday, and then the Raw after Mania, man. I will be as busy as anybody in the entire community come Wednesday or come uh, Monday. Never mind, Wednesday. Come Monday, man. It's going to be a great week here on the podcast, man. It's going to be awesome. Thank you guys very much for all your support tonight. Great show. We are four likes away. Four likes away from 1,000 likes. Appreciate you guys very much, man. Cal L with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, I met Kurt Angle today at LA Fitness in Pittsburgh where I work out. Cool dude. I'm surprised he could walk into the fucking gym. Holy shit. Anyway, guys, uh, thank you so much for all the support. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you for the memberships and the recommitments to the VIP club. Thank you for uh, being here tonight on your Sunday nights. We'll be back live on Monday with the Raw Post Show. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Links are down below in the description of this very video. Go check out all the other content on the channel, live streams, YouTube shorts, extra there may be some extras thrown about in there during the week next week, man, to keep you guys covered because there's only going to be one OTS on Thursday, so we will uh, worry about the news that breaks as we get it. And go check out the Ridge, man. Ridge.com slash Code scripts for 40% off. www.ridge.com slash Go get your 40% off in your Ridge wallet today. Guys, Tomorrow's the start of WrestleMania week, man. The busiest week for us podcasters and content careers in the community. Hopefully you join me. We're going to break records again this week like we did for the Royal Rumble. And I'm super excited for you guys to join me this week, man. Thank you for all the support. Love you guys. Going to love spending the week with you. It's going to be great. And until tomorrow, guys, have a great Sunday night. And I'll see you live tomorrow on Monday right here on the podcast from the venue for Monday Night Raw right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later.